Be without fear in the face of your enemies. Be brave and upright that God may love thee. Speak the truth even if it leads to your death. Safeguard the helpless and do no wrong. This is your oath. Keeping it real with Jared Lawrence. Yeah. I think I made it I showed my mom my first million She damn near fainted The rich and famous So nice to make your acquaintance The legends put out their latest I feel that it sound outdated I'm the hardest working person In the universe Temptation victim to the church of Lucifer Internet rappers ain't shit When no computers work You spent your whole advance On two chains in the Gucci verse I'm the greatest Admit it, I'm the greatest And I don't hold a grudge Against anybody who hates fit on nobody's playlist if i ain't in your top 10 and you're a racist cocaine ether creates a strange creature that wasn't hearing me till i fucked with a brain feeder i'm still playing it out the same speakers i did it all without a drake feature so many things that i've created this right here might be my favorite. They ask me how I feel, I say amazing. I feel amazing. Welcome to Keeping It Real with Jared Lawrence. I'm your host, Jared Lawrence. Green is not a creative color. Sorry, I played the wrong um played the wrong sound effect. But you know what? That's all right, because I haven't played that green is not a creative color sound effect in quite some time, and that's actually one of my favorites, so. It's not bad to start the show off with that. Um, that was Mac Miller leading off the show called Here We Go. If you know me, you know how big of a Mac Miller fan I am. If I had my way, I'd play Mac Miller to start every episode of Keeping It Real with Jerry Lawrence. But I like to diversify it. I like to you know play some different music. But I wanted to play that one today because, as you all know, today is the state of the Jared. <laughs> It's been talked about. It's been hyped up. I want you guys to know it's finally here. Um, I didn't even, I didn't talk too much last week about my birthday, but it was my birthday last week. Shout out to me. I turned 37. I know I said it on the um, intro last week, but didn't really talk too much about it on the show. It was a pretty chill birthday. Went to work at 530 in the morning, came back, chilled at my mom's house. She cooked dinner. Shout out to my mom for that. Also made a, or bought a birthday cake for me. Her and my brother were there, my younger brother. Shout out to K-Law. And they sang happy birthday to me. And after that, I took it to the room. Took it to the room. It was an early night. Uh, I had to get up early for work the next day. So there was no going out. For those who are wondering, if you didn't get an invite from me, I didn't do anything. I stayed in my room. Didn't go to bed till like 11, though, because... I don't know if you guys know, but on your birthday, you get like, or at least me, I got a lot of love on my birthday. So I was responding to everybody, showing everybody love. Uh, just thank you to everybody who reached out to me, uh, Facebook, phone calls, texts, email, nobody emailed me, but however you reached out, thank you. I appreciated it. Um, it felt weird this year too, because it didn't really feel like it was my birthday, even though it was my birthday. But it just, it, it didn't feel like, I don't know if anybody's ever had that feeling where it's just like another day. 
Maybe it's because I had to go to work, but it just felt like a regular day. But because of the, all the love everybody gave me, it did feel special um, towards the end of the day. I think of I really started to feel it like, yo, this is my birthday. Everybody's showing so much love. I, it feels like I get the love every year, but I don't know. This year, it felt a little bit more special. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because where I'm at in my life, but it, it just felt good, man. So thank you to everybody who reached out to me, uh, even those who didn't. Shout out to Kayla. Kayla, <laughs> I love you, Kayla. Kayla texted me like July 1st. So when I see that she had texted me, I'm like, oh, Kayla's going to say happy birthday. And Kayla wrote me like with her own question about something that was completely off the topic and just was on her own thing. And then finally I was like, oh, I thought you were going to tell me happy birthday. Then she didn't even realize it was my birthday. But then she did say it afterwards. But I always think that's funny when people like text you or call you on your birthday and have no idea it's your birthday. And they just talk to you like it's a regular day. Uh, Kyle's done that to me before, too. I know I've done that to people, too. So I can't get mad. You know, I've done it. It's been done to me. You know, just what it is. So we all we've we've I've had it coming. I'm not going to get upset about that. But today is a special day on this podcast because this is the state of the Jared. Now, I know I spoke about this last week. The state of the Jared is like the state of the union. You know, when the president will kind of get you guys together or not get you together, but you get together to watch on TV and he talks about everything that's going on in the country. Well, this is similar to that, except I'm not going to talk about everything that's going on in the country. No, I'm going to be greedy today. I'm going to talk about everything that's going on in my life because I feel like a lot of people always have questions and maybe some of you don't want to ask because you feel like I'm not going to be receptive. But this is one of those episodes where I want to try to get give you guys the answers to whatever questions you have and just kind of let you in on my life because I know I don't talk about it too much. I don't get a very personal with people. It's rare. It is rare that I probably get super personal. So once a year, I'm going to try to do this state of the Jared. I actually did it before and that's where it started. It started because I used to do this in person with my friends where I would hold like a little press conference and they could ask questions afterwards. But this year I am going to do it differently because one, I'm not really seeing anybody in person right now because of this whole coronavirus. So I felt like it would be a good idea to do this on the podcast. We have it documented now. Uh, I took questions from people over the last couple of weeks. So I have questions that I will read. Um, but I want to start out by just, you know, doing a little, I don't know what they call the intro. Um, I don't know. I don't know what it's called when you, when you just kind of talk about everything yourself and your goals and whatever has been going on in your life. But before I get to the questions, I'm going to start with that because I feel like that's a good way to set the mood. I got my tea in here. So if I, if I take a sip, don't mind me, you know, I'm just trying to keep this throat right. Pause. All right. Had to take a sip. It's getting, it's getting lukewarm, still hot, but this has been an interesting year. All right. This past year, not like 2020, cause 2020 has been crazy, but like from 2019, from like July, 2019 to now, July, 2020, that's what I'm talking about. When I talk about it, it's been an interesting year in my life. As most of you know, I got laid off from a job that I had worked for over eight years last June. So June 2019th, I got laid off. I ended up having like three months off because, well, they paid me, which was probably one of the best layoffs I've ever gotten. Actually, that was the only time I've ever been laid off aside from the second layoff. But 
Before that, I had never been laid off. So they paid me, and I really just chilled the whole last summer. Uh, I did a lot of going out because when you're getting paid and people are inviting you to stuff and you know you have money coming in, you, you don't feel bad about going out. It's not about like, oh, I don't have money to pay my bills. No, I was like living the life. I felt like I was retired, so I was just doing anything and everything. So I partied for like the whole summer last summer. Went on a cruise and everything to the Bahamas. Then I came back and I got a job doing kind of the same thing I was doing before, but it was with a different company, the company that my company had outsourced to. So I started working for them for three weeks, three months, I'm sorry. Stopped working for them in December and then found out that I was like laid off again. It was weird though, because it wasn't like a real layoff like the first time where, you know, you get paid for it and everything. This one was more of a, I guess, because I was a contracted worker, they were like, Oh, we don't need you right now, so you're laid off until we need you. Kind of like kind of like um in the NFL if you're on the practice squad and you know they can just uh waive you from the practice squad because there's a game coming up and they might need that spot for somebody else, but then they can sign you back to the practice squad the next week. So it's like you're getting laid off, but you're still they're asking you to come back. So my situation was like that. But I was so like tired of the job and the travel because mind you I stayed in hotels every night probably 250 nights a year maybe 200 to 250 nights a year I would say I stayed in a hotel so for me it started wearing on me and I just got to the point where I was like man I gotta start focusing on my actual life my life after this job my life in Florida where I'm trying to set my uh was it make roots or kind of set settle down here and start something here so I told them thanks but no thanks and it was like I'm not gonna come back I'm gonna just try to figure it out on my own here and see what I want to do try to find a job and just focus on living in Florida because I hadn't really lived in Florida full-time since about 2011 early 2011 so that was like my mindset going in and I'm not going to lie to you. It was kind of scary because I didn't have a plan. It was just more of a, I'm going to wing it, which is how my life has gone for the most part. I've pretty much did that, like wing it. All of my jobs I've gotten have been because of somebody I've known, not really because of my skill, which is kind of weird because you go to school for something and then you end up not even working in that field. And then you end up getting jobs because of who you know and not what you know. So it's just been a, a weird life for me. And I think that's why I believe in God. And that's why I always give thanks to him because man, I don't, I don't have an answer to why my life has gone the way it has. I feel like it's only because there is a higher power that is guiding me. Cause trust me, I've tried to make decisions going the opposite way. And I feel like God has third steered me back and said, no, this is the way you need to go. And he's truly been in control. So like when I stopped working this job and just took a gamble, I didn't have a direction. You know, I, I had money saved. So I felt okay with that. I was getting unemployment. It wasn't much. Anybody who lives in Florida knows what the unemployment was before they started giving out the bag. So now they, y'all are getting that supersized unemployment. I was getting like 275 a week. It wasn't a lot. 247 after taxes. So basically I was unemployed for five months. I sat at home. I did nothing. It was very boring. Well, not boring because I got to sleep in. So anytime I get to sleep in is great. Like tonight, 
I am recording this at midnight right now. Now, the reason I'm doing this episode so late is because I don't have to be at work till 2 p.m. tomorrow. So re- really, I can sleep till about 10, maybe 11 if I need to. I'm going to try to get my eight hours. So if I don't stop recording till about 2, I'm going to sleep till 10. If I don't stop till 3, I'm going to sleep till 11. But I'm going to get my eight hours. As long as I leave my house by about 1230 tomorrow, I'm fine. And that's the beauty of this schedule I have right now. Where was I even at? I'm sorry. Let me drink this tea real quick. Okay. So what I was saying was I didn't have a direction, but I started to figure it out. Actually, I didn't start figuring it out. I, like I said, God has been in control. He's been watching over me. So the coronavirus happened. And after the coronavirus happened, they started giving out more unemployment. So that my checks, you know, I started getting nice checks. Y'all know what it is if you were getting it at 875 a week. So during that process, I had my old boss reach out to me who was like, hey, there's a job at this place. I think you'll be good for it. Do you want to apply? So I sent my resume. Uh, he put in a good word, and I ended up getting the job. Like I said, it's just blessings, people you know. I think that's the biggest thing I would tell people in life is make sure you develop relationships with people. Wherever you go, leave on a good note. Um, make sure you develop the relationships friendships just be cool be nice to people because years later you might still need that person for another job so that's that's one important thing i can tell you relationships are huge in this in this world man especially the older we get with these jobs because most jobs i would say is not about what you know it's about who you know a lot of these people get jobs because of who they know most of the people i work with are there because of connections they've had so connections is important. Relationships is important. Networking, all that. When people say that, man, it's real. Trust me. So I, I started working the job where I got offered the job. Started working in June. Been doing it for about three weeks now. And everything's kind of come full circle. Like I was trying to figure out my way. I was trying to figure out what my next step was. And now I'm kind of seeing the light. I'm seeing the future. It's like, all right, it's time to settle down in one place, not settle down marriage wise, but just settling down, not traveling all the time, having a routine. It feels good to have a routine to know what I'm doing every day. Uh, five days a week, I'm going to work. I'm going to have two days off. It's cool. Cause like I was off for five months, man. You don't know how boring it can get at times, especially with the coronavirus going on where nobody was really trying to go out. Nobody's doing anything. So it just feels good now to have something to do and not have to depend on hanging out with people when nobody was really leaving their house. That's all. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to play a little sound effect while I drink some tea. I'm going to do this episode different today, too. Normally, I get on here and I talk straight for like an hour or two. Probably still going to talk for two hours tonight. But I'm going to play a few songs during the show just to break it up a little bit. Give it a... Eh, I don't know what the word is. You know what it means. We're going to break it up. I'm going to um, have different topics. I have, like I said, I have questions, so we'll break it up a little bit and then um, play some music, some of my favorite songs for you guys like I do on every episode. And I think one of the reasons I play the music is because I like putting people on the music, man. In, in radio, back in the day, they would call this breaking a record where you, where you play a new record and you're kind of putting them onto it for the first time and maybe somebody becomes a fan of it. So what I like to do on here is I like to break records. I don't know if I've said that before. I probably did. 
Sometimes I just be rambling, man. But this is the state of the Jared. All right, so I'm back working. And one of the things I did during this year was start this podcast back up. Anybody who knows me before knows that I had Keeping It Real with Jared Lawrence originally back in 2007. And I was off from like 2009 till now. So it was a big deal for me to start it back. It's always been like a goal of mine to bring this podcast back. And I did that. And I guess some of the goals I would say for my podcast, is it's not really a monetary thing. A lot of people are doing podcasts now, and it's the, the cool thing to do now. And a lot of people are doing it because they want to get rich. I'm not really doing that for money. I'm doing it because I like to talk. I like to entertain. I like to provide knowledge to you guys. You know, I just, I like, for, like I said, it's, for, it's like therapy for me. When I come on here, I talk about my life. I'm more open on the mic than I would be in real life. I don't know why. Actually, I do know why. I'm in this room by myself, so I'm very comfortable because I don't have anybody watching me. I'm not talking to somebody face-to-face where I'm looking at them and looking at their reactions and seeing, ah, do they agree or do they not? I don't, you know, I'm just very comfortable by myself. I've always been like a loner slash introvert. We talked about this last week, me and Toy, how we're like social introverts and that's really what I am, man. A lot of people see it. They see me and they think like I'm just this hyper person all the time and I'm funny and I'm laughing. And I am. But I also got the, the quiet time. And when I'm home, I'm very, I'm very laid back. I'm very chill. So when I come on here, you know, I'm talking in this nice deep voice. It's just me relaxed, man. It's just me relaxed. Uh, like I said, the goals for the podcast, just kind of growing it. Growing the audience, uh, trying to do it organically, not anything forced. Like if somebody likes it, I want them to like it because they enjoy listening. Not because I'm like bashing them over their head like, hey, listen to Keeping It Real with Jared Lawrence. Listen, listen, listen. You know, I, I try to promote it a little bit on like social media, but I'm really not a great promotion person. Like that's why when people always try to get me to get these, try these jobs, like, hey, uh, you should do Herbalife or you should do the selling life insurance or you should do this where you got to recruit people. I always say no to that stuff because I'm not good at selling stuff. The only thing I'm good at selling is myself. Not in that way, but I'm just good at selling me because I believe in myself. I don't believe in a lot of these products people want me to sell. So, you know, it is what it is. But the only way this podcast will really grow, and now I feel like a preacher at church, for you guys, for this church to be successful, you got to put money into the offering plate. But for the way this podcast is going to grow is really just word of mouth. So if you like it, if you're enjoying it, just tell somebody, uh, tell your mom, tell your brothers, tell your friends, tell your cousins. Just tell somebody, man. Share it on social media, whatever. And hopefully somebody else will hear it and they'll like it. And we can just keep growing it from there. Because this podcast is really mostly about, like, my personality. I'm not... It's not about me and my opinion on things, but I will give my opinion on things, but I also want to show like my personality. I want people to like, like this podcast because they like me, they like my personality, like what I'm about. So that's kind of where I'm trying to take it. And I would love to build like that cult, like following where you have like the, the people like the Howard Stern people who are like just diehard fans, not because of what he does on the show mainly, but just because of his personality. People like Howard because he's Howard. 
So I want them to like keep me real with Jared Lawrence because of Jared Lawrence. That's why I put my name in it because I'm kind of selling myself, like I said. Life during this coronavirus has been interesting too. I'm sorry, I feel like a uh, a comedian right now. <laughs> you know how they always take the sips while they're talking? I should just pause this, but uh, let me play some sound effects. I'm sorry, I'm trying to finish this this healthy, healthy diet. What is it called? I think it's healthy digestion tea. Something like that. I had this amazing cheesesteak earlier, so just trying to make sure that I have a, a smooth night. Hey, have you ever seen the tea in the aisle at Walmart or Publix? I think it's called, it's that organic brand. Um, and they have a tea called Smooth Move. And I always thought that was the funniest thing ever. Because <laughs> it's called Smooth Move. I don't know. <laughs> bear with me, guys. Bear with me. So, life during COVID-19 has been interesting. A lot of people, like I said, have not been coming out. So we've all kind of been in our houses. I will say the toilet paper is back to normal now. Toilet paper is back. Speaking of that, I was supposed to buy some. Because I'm, so, I'm trying to stay ahead of the game now. I'm not playing around with y'all anymore. I saw how y'all acted the first time. So at this point, I'm trying to stay ahead on the toilet paper. So pretty soon, I'm going to go buy another, like, 30-pack. Just in case. Because I'm not fighting in line over this. Like I said, I gave that lady 10 that one time because I was being nice. But it's back. I, I encourage everybody to buy some. Stay ahead. If you're holding on to six rolls right now, that's not enough. You need about 30. It's hurricane season two. So stay strapped up with your toilet paper. Completely off topic with that. But yeah, coronavirus is what it is. Uh, dating during the pandemic has been interesting. I have a question actually about that later. But I want to talk a little bit about the dating life during this pandemic. Because... It's been, like, non-existent. Um, I've been on, like, one date, and I wouldn't even call that a date. We, we uh, chilled in the Aldi's parking lot and drank some beer. So if you consider that a date, that was a date. But my dating life has been non-existent, really. And I believe it's attributed to the pandemic. Um, summertime is here. It should be popping for me right now. You know, I should be, I should be making moves. But unfortunately, I'm not. So right now, I'm just kind of, you know, I'm winging it. I'm winging it. And I'm at, a, I'm at an interesting place in my life right now because at first I was like, all right, I need a relationship. I'm settling down in Florida now. Next step is finding a girlfriend, then a wife, starting a family. And now I feel like I'm back at square one. I feel like everything I thought I wanted now I'm like I don't know if that's what I want and I'm kind of at this I'm not gonna call it a midlife crisis but I'm at a place in my life right now where I'm trying to figure out like what exactly it is I want for the for the rest of my life or for the future you know is it the family is it being single is it I don't want to call it a player but you know is it just not being tied to one person. So I'm just, I'm just really spending a lot of time lately thinking about that and thinking about what it is that makes me happy. Cause I think for, for a long time growing up, we were all taught that, you know, you, you need to get married and start a family and have a wife and kids and parents want grandkids. You know, we were all taught kind of the same thing 
is what our life is supposed to be. That's that's like how life goes. That's that's what we go. That's what we're here to do. And I feel like now that we're seeing a lot of these marriages don't really work. A lot of marriages end in divorce. A lot of married people are not really happy. So now it's like we're I don't know about you guys, but I'm thinking, is that what what the American dream is nowadays? Is that what what I want? Is that what everybody should want? And I can't speak for everybody because some people, kids, is like that does give them a great feeling and it's a blessing. And then some people are content without having kids. And I feel like at this point, if you had to, um, if you had to, actually, that's a question for later. So I'm not even going to answer that. We'll get to that later because somebody did ask a question about kids. But as far as the relationships go, man, I'm just thinking about it. You know, like me and Toy had a great conversation last week about monogamy and uh, being a feminist and we're not meant to be monogamous and i've heard that from a few people lately i know kayla said it i feel like somebody else has said it probably somebody i know that's married so i don't want to say any names but i'm really thinking about that lately like is monogamy real like are we supposed to be with one person all i can tell you right now is that if i'm in a relationship i still prefer to be with one person like, if I'm committed, I think it still feels a little weird for me to, to be with one person and then have an, an extra person. Like, for me, that's not my type of relationship. But if I'm not in a relationship and I'm single, I think I think the, the, the non-monogamy thing might be my thing. Not because that's the way I'm going to be for the rest of my life, but I just feel like at this point, Maybe I need to explore. Maybe I need to see what else is out there. I can't, maybe I don't need to just focus on one person. Maybe I need to date and, you know, whatever happens during the dating happens, but I shouldn't just be going in there with the, with the mindset of, oh, we're exclusive. We're dating exclusively. Like my, my mindset is if it's not a relationship, if it's not official, I'm not going to treat it like a relationship. I don't know if that's the right thing. Y'all let me know. Maybe I'm wrong. But I feel like at this point, I just got to be a little bit more open with how I feel. And that's why I said last week, I think I'm a feminist. I think that's my new thing. I think I'm down with the feminist movement. I ain't going to lie. I'm not, all the day, I'm not all the way there with y'all. When it comes to some of the other stuff, I'm still a little conservative. But when it comes to sex and your body and, well, not your body. When it comes to sex, well, yeah, your body. Oh, well. All right, because I'm, I'm, I'm pro-life still. So this is when it gets weird. I'm pro-life. So I do believe, you know, I don't believe in like, if you're, if you're raped or anything like that, I think, I believe you should be able to have an abortion. So, but when it comes to sex, I'm feminist. Everything else, I'm probably not. So I don't know, I need a new term for this. I need a new term. Like, I'm not all the way conservative. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to take away all your rights, but just my beliefs, my beliefs are, you know, I'm pro-life, but I'm pro-life across the board. I'm anti-death penalty. Uh, I'm not for abortion. I'm not going to chastise you if you have it. I'm not going to be out there picketing in front of the abortion clinic. Like I'm not hardcore about it. It's just, it's not something I'm down with personally, but you know, that's, that's a topic for another day. Uh, I'm sure the feminists are mad at me now because they're finding out I'm not 100% feminist. 
which is why I'm trying to find a, a proper term for what I am, because I'm not 100% feminist. I'm with y'all on the sex part, though. I feel like I should be able to have sex with whoever I want, and I should not feel guilty about it. So whatever that term is called, let me know. Am I still a feminist if I believe that, but I don't believe some of the other stuff? You guys let me know. I, I'm not sure. I don't want to impede on your movement or what you guys are doing over there. I just want to have a, a, a way to explain myself to people. And I feel like feminist is the easiest way to explain it. But if not, you know, if y'all want to kick me out, I'll come up with my own term and I'll just have to make my own thing. But I, I just feel like you shouldn't be judged at this point. And I've been talking to a lot of my friends about this. Um, I have friends who who will have sex with somebody and then, you know, they feel guilty afterwards. And I'm just at a point in my life where I'm not that person. Like, I'm not going to feel guilty for anything I do that's legal at 37 years old, you know? Like, if I have sex, I have sex. I'm not going to feel bad about it. Um, I do watch church. Uh, I'm a Christian. I consider myself to be a Christian. But, hey, I sin. I, I don't know what else to say. I'm not a perfect person. And a lot of people in the church be having sex, too. That's the craziest thing. Like, they be wanting to tell us not to have sex, and then they be the main ones in there having sex. So that's kind of why I don't really worry about what they talking about. And I kind of stay away from a lot of the church women because I feel like a lot of them are just so conflicted. A lot of them, they're just kind of in denial about their sexuality. I feel like we're all sexual people, but some people want to hide it or want to try to contain it. And in doing that, you're just making yourself more miserable. So I think at this point in my life, I'm, I'm past all that. I'm, I'm okay with everything I do. I'm not going to feel bad about it. Am I a feminist? I think so, but I might not be. I might kick me out. But I will say what I am is an unrestricted free agent. And by that, I mean I'm able to just date and meet people, and I'm not really committing to anybody right now. All right? I'm just dating. If I was a restricted free agent, I think I, that would be like a, we're talking. I'm kind of committed. But I'm not even there. Part of it's because, like I said, the coronavirus. Like, I'm not even having actual dates right now. So for me to commit to somebody in this time is, is tough. But, you know, I meet people. But I feel like I got to meet that person who makes me feel a certain way for me to say, all right, it's time for me to settle down and be monogamous and all that. And I don't think I haven't really felt that yet. Like, you know what, what the feeling is when you feel it. And I have not felt that. So until then, I'm just going to, you know, Keep dating, keep doing me, being a feminist, and we'll take it from there. We'll take it from there. But I know one thing that's been going on with me in my life is just I'm in a better, a better place mentally, uh, spiritually. It's just an understanding of self, being, being okay with who I am as a person, and knowing that I have to kind of take a step back from some stuff. I saw a great quote today or uh, this week. It was a meme and it was basically like, you know, I will unfriend, uncoworker, uncousin, un whatever, just get anybody out of my life who is uh draining. And I've kind of gone through that a little bit this year where I've had to walk away from some people. And, you know, I still got love for them. They're still my friends. I consider them friends, but it's like the level of friendship is not the same. It's not like some people are just 
too draining for me at this point in my life. And like I've talked about in previous episodes, you got to protect your mental. So I've just made the decision like I got to just distance myself from some people, some things. Uh, there's a term in hip hop called, you know, fucking with somebody from a distance. So it means you're still cool with them, but you're cool from a distance. So there's just some people that I can't really have in my day to day life anymore. Uh, maybe times will change. Maybe we'll get back to that level. But there's just a few people where I had to make a decision that I got to walk away. I have to walk away from like constant communication with you because it was just bringing me down too much. It was a little too draining. Uh, it was stressing me out. And at this point, like I said, I'm 37 now, man. It's a different outlook. So anything that's bringing unwanted stress, unnecessary stress, something that's draining, I got to let go at this point in my life. And I love everybody. You know, these people that I've walked away from, if they need me and there's something serious, you know, I'm still going to be there for them. They can call me. But I just think for me to communicate on a day-to-day basis with them and have them as a constant right now in my life is just not something I can do with where I'm at. You know, it's just a little bit too much. So I just wanted to take a step back and you know, sometimes you outgrow people. And I think the biggest thing I would say is because some people think, you know, why are you trying to change me? Or, you know, you're, I'm me. Why are you, you know, don't try to change me. And all I can say is I'm not trying to change you. I've changed. All right. So I've changed. And if that's part of my growth is walking away, Hey, I have to do what I have to do. That's best for me. All right. It's not about I can't really think about it from your perspective and trying to make you happy. Sometimes I got to do what makes me happy and what makes me sane. So, yeah, I'm not trying. Basically, I'm just saying I'm not trying to change anybody, but you might be doing things that I no longer like or no longer want to be around. So as a part of me changing, I got to walk away from you in some of those things. You know, you can continue to do that. You can continue to be the person you're being. I'm not going to tell you, hey, it's my way or the highway. Maybe it sounds like that, but it's more of like, yo, I can't be around that anymore. I'm not saying, hey, you got to change. You know, if you end up changing and something, you know, we come back around. Cool. But I'm not I'm going to let everybody do what they do. You know, I'm going to let you do your thing. I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. All I'm going to say is I can't be around certain things anymore. It's just. I got to do what's what's right for my mental. I got to protect my mental, man. I had a big episode on that a couple weeks ago, and I'm sure people will understand, you know. There's nothing against anybody. Nothing against anybody, but I would encourage everybody else to do the same, you know. If if you have people that you think are draining in your life and you you just feel like there's a lot of negative energy, just distance yourself. You ain't got to completely end friendships with people. But maybe you don't need to be around them every single day, all right? Maybe you don't need to go out with them every weekend. You don't need to talk on the phone all the time. Just, you know, you see them when you see them. You got mutual friends. You're going to see people eventually. But, yeah, it's nothing personal, man. I just, I'm on a new energy this year. I'm more of a zen. I'm in, like, a zen life. I feel like I'm, like, Phil Jackson with this zen. Just more peaceful. I think that's part of the thing where I talk about people being draining like sometimes you'll try to have a conversation with somebody and then all you get back is yelling and you're kind of talking in a regular tone and they're just yelling at you and you're just like, yo, I can't do it. Like, I don't want to 
it's kind of draining to be yelled at all the time. So, yeah, when you're trying to talk peacefully and you're just getting yelled at, that's the type of stuff I consider draining. You know, that's that's the type of negativity I consider. And then when you try to tell somebody, hey, you know, this is draining me, if they don't understand it, that's when you got to walk away. All right. That's it. So with that being said, like I said, I have a new job this year. I have a new focus. Uh, just trying to bring more positivity to my life. I don't have all the answers right now. I don't know what my direction is when it comes to dating or anything. Uh, like I said, I'm, I, I'm a feminist for the time being. So y'all just, you know, be patient with me. I'm still growing. I might be a different person next year, you know, but I think the most important thing is just being willing and open to try new things. I've always been like the more traditional person. So I feel like now I'm going to be a little bit more non-traditional and I'll see if it works. I'll see if I find somebody. Um, like I said, I'm still, I still believe in like monogamy in an actual relationship. I don't think I could ever do the open relationship, but I also believe that if I'm single, I should be allowed to mingle. So take that with a, with a grain of salt. Uh, goals for the next year, man. I have a few. I would say just growing, continuing to grow the podcast. Uh, hopefully keeping this job I have for the next year. That would be a great thing. Um, dating more consistently. Meeting, meeting somebody meaningful or I ain't gonna say meaningful because I've met some meaningful people, but meeting somebody that I could see myself being in a relationship with, being serious with, I would love that. Um, and for, when I say that, I mean, like, I'm chasing the connection, the vibe more than anything. I'm not really chasing you physically. Like, I don't want somebody with a certain look. I just want somebody that has the connection that I need, somebody that I get along with. Somebody I feel like I could spend 24 hours in a row with. Like I said last week, the 24-hour rule is kind of how I measure things. So if I feel like I could spend 24 hours straight with you or if I can spend 24 hours straight with you, you're probably somebody I need to marry because let me tell you, there's not a lot of people I could spend 24 hours in a row with. Not a lot. There's been a few, but you would be surprised, man. You'd be surprised how many people you could actually spend 24 hours in a row with. So I think... That'll probably be the test for me to know, like, when I'm really in love or really into somebody is uh, when I can spend 24 hours in a row with them. I'm going to take a little break right now. I'm going to play a little music for y'all just to break this up a little bit. And since we're on the talk, I like relationships and stuff. I feel like this song right here is, like, perfect for how, like, I'm feeling right now as far as relationships go. And this is uh, Leon Bridges. And this is called Bet Ain't Worth the Hand. It's about just, you know, relationships, how he feels, and how he can't really give his heart to somebody. So y'all listen to this song, because I think this is, the words to this song, man, is amazing. So I think you'll have a better understanding. Check this song out, Leon Bridges, Bet Ain't Worth the Hand. Slow down, cause I keep, keep tripping on words I don't want to say. Just tell me right 
can't commit, I can't make plans Sometimes the bed ain't worth the hand I think it's special, it makes me sad Don't wanna wonder what we could have had And I hope you understand Don't get your feelings broken for nothing I can't be a man Sometimes a bed isn't worth the hand And I can't keep letting this wave carry me away So tell me right now Cause I keep, keep seeing the signs you want me to stay I got it bad, I think you know You're everything, you're beautiful my life is fast, can't make it slow We're here right now, kiss me before I go But you got to let me go Don't get your feelings broken for nothing Maybe I'm leaving, leaving here with nothing I can't be a man Sometimes a bed isn't worth the hand Sometimes a bed isn't worth the Leon Bridges, bet ain't worth the hand. I wonder how y'all felt about that. So, if y'all like that song? Let me know, man. I love it. I've been listening to that song for like the last week. I think it's a great song. Just talking about how he's not ready to settle down and everything, and it's it's just not worth the hand. The bet ain't worth the hand. And uh, if you play cards, you understand what he's talking about. But yeah, I thought it was a dope song. Uh, I want to take some questions now. So, like I said, people have been submitting questions, and I have a lot of questions. So, we're going to spend probably the next hour, maybe hour and a half on questions. All right. I'm not going to say who asked what questions because I don't want to put people on the spot. But the first question is, what's your stance on having kids? All right. So, like I said, I was going to get to this during the show. I didn't want to talk about it earlier, so... I think at this point, I'm I'm content if I don't have kids. I feel like the only way I want to have kids right now is if I meet the right person and then I get married. Like, I want to do it the right way. Uh, I guess it's funny I'm saying the right way when I said before that there is no really right way to do things. But I would I think when it comes to having kids, I would probably want to do it the more traditional way. I guess I'll say that the more traditional way, marriage, bringing them into like a two parent household. I didn't grow up like that. Uh, My parents were together until I was 11. So, yeah, I had both parents for like, you know, the first 11 years and then the next seven up to 18. You know, it was single parent household. 
So I would probably want to bring my kids up into a two parent household for the first for at least 18 years, you know, their whole growing up. If we don't stay together after that, then, yeah, we don't. But I do think it's very important to have two parents in the house while your kids are growing up because there's just so much they're learning so much they're they're seeing and a lot of development going on and you need kind of both parents there to explain different things so i i'm only gonna have or i would only plan on having kids if it was like an ideal situation which yeah sometimes things happen and you have kids that are not part of an ideal situation but if i can have my say i would say i would have kids when i'm married um now i understand there's situations maybe i have sex with somebody the condom breaks Sometimes you don't even get a chance to put the condom on because you get so caught up in the moment. So there's times where kids are born out of other situations like that, too. I understand. There's just it, it's actually funny because I was thinking I'm thinking about this conversation. I had with one of my friends like well, it was about maybe four or five years ago where we were like, yo, we're just at that age now where it's like we're not planning on having kids like you're not having sex with somebody wanting to have a kid at that moment. But if something happens like, you know. Like I said before, your condom breaks or maybe you just don't even put one on because you feel like the girl's on birth control or something and you end up with a kid. I feel like at this age, I wouldn't be like scared. It would be more like, you know, welcoming because it's a blessing and I would just be ready for it no matter what. But it's not something I would I'm planning on. All right. If that makes sense. If it happens, I welcome it. But it's not something that I'm like, yo. I have to have a kid by this age. I know a lot of people, mostly women that are like, I have to have a kid by this age. And I'm just, I'm not that. Like, I know I say I want to have a kid by 40, but if I don't, who knows, man, if I have a kid by 45, that's fine too. I'm not putting any pressure on myself anymore about this stuff. I feel like the whole having kids thing is more like you get that from your family. Your family is the one that wants you to have kids. Like I know my parents, Mainly my mom is always asking when I'm going to have kids. And I, I kind of feel like it's unfair to ask of me one, because I have two other brothers who don't, you know, are not ever doing any of this stuff, but it seems like I'm the only one who ever gets these questions. And I'm just not the type right now. I'm not that person where it's like, all right, I'm doing this because you're asking like at the end of the day, I know it's sad, but your parents are, are probably not going to be there they're not going to outlive you if, if life goes the way it's supposed to go. Right. So yeah, they might want you to have kids, but at some point they won't be here. And then it's you with the kids. So you got to remember that if you're having kids for somebody else, like at some point it's going to be just you with the kids. So you better make sure you're able to handle kids, you know, without that support system around too. Cause sometimes you don't have that support system. That's another thing. Sometimes parents are like, oh, when are you having babies? Or grand, we want grandkids. And then when it's time for somebody to watch these kids, they don't want to do it. So just make sure you're having kids for the right reason. And I think that's a big thing with me, man. If I'm going to have them, it's going to be for the right reason. At this point, I don't have a right reason to have kids because I'm single. So you got to realize, like, you're having kids with somebody. That person's in your life, too, for, like, at least 18 years. The woman or the man, if you're a woman, you know, that person's in your life. So just be aware of that stuff. You know, uh, the next question I had is, have you tried dating apps recently? Uh, yes, <laughs> I am on right now. I'm on Tinder. I'm on Facebook dating. I'm on 
Uh, I just got on Bumble because that was like recommended to me last weekend. Uh, that's the one where the, the girl has to write you first. To me, you see like a lot of the same people on all of them. I think Facebook dating, I probably see uh, um, some different people on there, but they're all pretty much the same. I'm not really a fan of dating apps, which is funny because I'm on like all of them, but I still believe you don't get a feel for somebody until you meet them in person. Like, I don't think these dating apps really do people justice. There's so much you can mask on a dating app. Uh, women can hide a lot of stuff. Uh, men can hide things like you got angles. Uh, you never know somebody's true height. You, you know, we got filters, you know, you just don't really you, guys be hat fishing. Women do filters. So you never really know what somebody looks like. And a hat fish for somebody, who, for those who don't know, is when you wear a hat all the time and you're like bald underneath. So instead of being catfish, you're hat fishing because they don't know what you really look like underneath that hat. Just like the way these women will do like filters. You don't know what they really look like without a filter. Men do it too with the hat. So when you're on these apps, there's so much you can do to like hide your insecurities that when you really meet somebody in person, there's no more hiding, man. It's out there. So I still prefer to meet somebody in person. It's not just because it like looks, but it's also like a confidence thing. You kind of see how people, how confident people really are when you're in person. Everybody's confident on the internet. When you're in person, you really get a feel for if they're confident, if they can hold a conversation, if they have a good personality, if they're like weird, quirky, uh, just cool to be around and maybe crazy. Like there's just different things you won't know until you meet in person. So I'm always a meet in person guy. Even if I meet you on a dating app, I'm trying to meet you in person within the, like the first two weeks. I believe that in the within the first two weeks, you need to meet somebody in person. Even if you've had great conversations on the dating app, being you video chat and you do all that, still try to meet them in person because you will never really get a good feel for somebody until you meet them in person. Next question I got is, what are you going to get better at by next year? That's a good question. All right. So my generic answer is Spanish. I bought this, this book, these books of Spanish, like a beginning, intermediate, and expert book in 2013. And I've said every year I'm going to learn Spanish. It's 2020. I still have not learned Spanish. So... Every year I say that's my goal and I never really do anything about it. So that's the generic answer. What else will I get better at? Hmm. That's a good question. I will say I will try to get better at uh, maybe expressing my feelings better. Just being more open with people. You know, yeah. Probably just being more open. I feel like that's probably the one complaint people have about me i don't talk too much about my personal life so yeah I'll, I'll try to get better at that um i would like to learn how to make beats too but i'm not even like i still gotta learn spanish so i'm not gonna i ain't gonna overload myself with too much but yeah learning spanish is probably always at the top of the list just because i would love to be bilingual uh next question is what is considered being cheap? All right. Now, this is, a, this is an interesting one because I've always heard, like, my whole life, I'm cheap. I don't like to spend money. I am, you know, just not somebody. I'm frugal. I'm, I use coupons. Like, I've heard all of it. 
And I kind of, I take this one personally. All right. This is the one that's probably going to get a long answer out of me. Because when, when people ask that, or when people accuse me of being cheap, I don't think people realize how much money I spend on certain things. All right. Whether that's donating to GoFundMe's or giving money for graduation and weddings and all types of gifts. That's one thing. But then you got other things like important things. Like you got, I have a, I have a house, I have a house, I have a car, you know, I have bills, you know, that there's money that I have to put into my car to keep it running. My car's been, it's a 2008, you know, my house, there's money I put into my house. So, when people call me cheap or ask me why I'm being cheap, I'm not sure they understand money the way I do. Now, this is no shots at anybody, but I feel like I am the best person out of all my friends when it comes to money, when it comes to managing money, when it comes to being smart with your money. So when people ask me why I'm being cheap or what I consider being cheap, and I kind of know what they're getting at with that. I just, I don't want to like flaunt because that's not becoming, but I just, I just want people to understand like how money works. Like, all right, let's just, let's do some, let's do some math real quick. All right. So if you have a mortgage or if you buy a house, right, you buy a house, anybody, if you bought a house, all my homeowners out there, Think about what your mortgage is when you first bought the house. Like what your mortgage is, the 30-year mortgage, right? Because this is another thing people don't realize. When you buy a house, let's say you pay 200000 for your house. So people think, oh, I bought a house for 200000 If I sell it or if I, if I pay it off and sell it, you know, I've made two hundred and. 50000 on if that's what I get for the house. If you use 30 years to pay off that house, you've probably put another, at least another 100000 out of interest into that house. So whatever your mortgage is, like your 30-year, you could just take that. You can multiply it by 12 because that's for the year. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Multiply your monthly payment by 12. Then multiply that by 30 because that's what you'll pay over a 30-year span. And you'll see that it's way more than what you pay for your house. So with me thinking that, my thing is like, I'm just trying to pay my house off to avoid a lot of interest. So I, 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 would, I save my money for that. Like, I just want to put all my extra money into my house, into paying my house off. That's like my goal. So when I'm out with people and I'm not spending $50 each time we go out and people are like, oh, why are you being cheap? I'm like, I'm not really being cheap. I'm just trying to save this money to put it towards something else because that $50 that I might spend today is not going to be beneficial to me in the long run. If I put that 50 each time we go out, if I save that and eventually put that towards my mortgage, that will be beneficial. So it's like, am I being cheap or am I being smart? Cause I feel like a lot of my friends live in the moment and when you live in the moment, you might feel like you're not being cheap, but you might end up being broke later. So it's like, do you want to be cheap or do you want to be broke? And I feel like a lot of people get this stuff 
mixed up because they feel like just because you don't do something in the moment, you're being cheap, but you're just building for the future. You're putting, you're thinking more long-term than short-term. So I think you got to ask yourself that question when you say, are you being cheap or what is considered being cheap? It's like, are you, are you thinking more short-term or are you thinking long-term? Now, if you just keep saving your money and you never do anything with it, yeah, that's probably being cheap. But if you're saving your money for a purpose, I would never call somebody being cheap if you're saving your money for a purpose. Like if you're saving your money to buy a house, to put a down payment, or if you're saving your money for a car, anything like that, like I'm not going to call you cheap if we go out and you only want to spend like 5 or $10 because I know, yeah, I know $50 is not a big deal. But each time you go out and you save $40, it adds up, you know? And after a while, you've saved like $2,000. So you just got to think about it like that, man. One time doesn't make you cheap. You could be saving. And I, a lot of people are not good with money. So I, I just, that one gets me. Like I went to Goodwill today. I went to Goodwill. And a lot of people will make fun of me for that because they're like, oh, you go to Goodwill, you're cheap, like, and I'm like, I'm not cheap. I just don't care about a lot of name brand clothes. Like, I don't, I don't care about the the hottest brand. I don't even know what the hottest brands are. Like, I really go to the Goodwill store to get clothes, and I go to the Puma store because I love Puma. Other than that, I don't really know what other brands are hot. So I went to Goodwill today, and I spent $170 in Goodwill. But it was on, like, work clothes. You know, a lot of polo, dry fit polo shirts, not like polo the brand, just like polo with a collar because it's just that's what I call a polo shirt. And then slacks and some socks and just I bought a lot of stuff for $170. Some might call that cheap, but it's like I've bought pretty much a whole year's worth of wardrobe for a 170 when you might go to the mall and you might buy three articles of clothing for $170. Then you're going back again because you got to buy more. You're spending another 200, you know? So when you, when you say being cheap, you got to think about stuff like that, where it's like you're, yeah, you're, you're spending money, but you're spending money for the wrong reasons. Cause now you've spent so much on clothes. You can't afford your phone bill for the month, or maybe you can't afford to pay your car note, or you can't put gas in your car. And you know, you're, you're running up your credit card, because you don't have enough cash in your bank account. There's just so many levels to this that when somebody says what's considered being cheap, it's such a, a broad question that, for one, I would probably have to see your, your bank account or your statements or whatever. You're, you know, I would have to see how you're spending to even say if you're cheap or not. Because you might just be smart with your money and somebody's calling you cheap. Like I said, I've been called cheap my whole life. And it's like, all right. I have a house, I have a car <laughs> being cheap has gotten me somewhere. You know, I thought more long-term than short-term, you know what? Give me a bomb. Yeah. I thought long-term, all right. I was cheap in the short-term and now I'm blessed in the long-term. So I, I, I think it's really about, about discipline. It's more about discipline than anything. A lot of people don't have discipline. And a lot of people don't, a lot of people don't know how to cut corners on certain things they don't need. Like, let's talk about your phone for a minute. 
How many people out there spend more than $50 on their phone bill? You know, there's so many people out here who are like, I got to have AT&T. I got to have Verizon. Like, they have to have like a name brand carrier. They're so worried about not having a name brand carrier. Like, I can't have a, a Boost Mobile. I can't have a Straight Talk. I can't have a Cricket. I can't have a Metro because those names don't sound cool. So they'll spend like $100 a month on AT&T or Verizon when I'm spending $46 a month on straight talk. All right. So I'm already, I'm already saving $600 a year as opposed to what you're spending. That's just one thing right there. That's a phone bill. That's 600 right there. Then, like I said, the clothes, I went to Goodwill, 170. How much are you going to spend on clothes during a year? You might spend 2000 on clothes in a year. All right. So I'm already up on you by 2,500, you know? So just thinking about that stuff, then you got like your mortgage. What are you paying in your mortgage? What's your monthly rent or mortgage? You know, since I was cheap, mine isn't that high, you know? So I'm saving there. It's just different things that you can do to save money. And I say, and it's just like, I'll go out with my friends and I might, Whenever I go out, I really, I always tell myself I'm not really going to spend more than $20, especially if it's the bar. If we're not eating, I'm not spending more than 20 on drinks. And I think that's even enough. But 20, man, that'd give me about three or four beers, which is enough for me. But like a lot of my friends will spend like 50 each time. And it's like, bro, that, that money adds up. Or if you go out to eat every night of the week and you spend like $20 each time you go out to eat, that money adds up. So it's like wherever I can cut a little bit, I'm going to cook at home more. I'm not going to go out to the bars. Like I already said with the coronavirus, I don't even care about going out anymore. It's a wrap for that stuff. So, yeah, man, to answer the question, I would just say what I consider being cheap is maybe if you're, you're holding on to money without a plan. If you're just holding on, saving, 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 and you have no plan of what you're going to do with that money, like once you die, you can't take it with you. But if you have a plan... If you have a plan what you're going to do with your money, I'm never going to call you cheap, ever. You know what I'm saying? I might joke and say, oh, you're, you're frugal or whatever. And I might even say it jokingly, but I really, I respect anybody who has a plan. Like, I'm never going to make fun of you for being cheap, you know, because I know how money can add up. I know how a dollar a day can add up. I know how $5 a day can add up. So I understand it. When, it, when you have a plan and you tell me, hey, I'm saving to do this. I'm never going to be encouraging you to spend, 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 because I know what it takes to save. And that's, that's basically all I got to say about that. Um, I guess I would just encourage everybody to save, man. Think about all the money you spend every month. Think about, all right, what do I really need out of what I spend? How much of that is necessity and how much of it is want? Once you cut back on a lot at want, you'll start to see your, your account grow. You'll save a little bit more. Uh, next question I have, what type of woman fits your personality? It's a good question. It's a good question. I don't know if I've, I've discussed this one before, but I will say the most important woman for like me right now, or the most important personality, I need somebody who is like um, understanding, Fun-loving, but most importantly, I need somebody with a goofy personality. 
you got to have some level of goofiness, all right? If you're too serious, it's not going to work with me. I think my problem is I meet a lot of women. I meet a lot of women who are too serious. And I meet a lot of, like, older women, too. And I feel like with the older women, they're a little bit more serious. And that's because they're just more mature and they take life seriously. But you got to be goofy for me, man. If it's, if you're not goofy, it's not going to work because I like to joke a lot. I'm always laughing. I'm smiling. I just crack jokes. I have a very dry sense of humor. So I say a lot of stuff in a serious tone. But I'm saying it. It's meant to be a joke, but I say it seriously, so people take it serious. So, yeah, man, with me, I would just say personality, sense of humor, or what woman fits my personality. Goofy. Goofy, fun-loving, can laugh at their own, at themselves, laugh at their own jokes. Oh, and not bougie, because we just talked about, like, what is being cheap. So somebody who wants me to buy them expensive stuff all the time without knowing that we got a bill or something. Like, if you can't live within your means, you're not the woman for me. If you're like thousands of dollars in debt off of your credit cards, you're probably not the woman for me. Like, I mean, if you're in debt because of school, that's fine. But if you got like 20,000 in debt because of your credit cards, uh, yeah, man, I got a lot of questions. I got to know how you got that far in debt. I mean, if it makes sense, I'll roll with it. But if it doesn't, I can't be with you. Like, I need somebody who's not going to drain me because I live a certain way. You know, I don't I live a very minimal life, a simplistic life. I don't need a lot to make me happy. And I also need that in a woman. I need a woman who doesn't need a lot to be happy. And I need a woman who's just very simple. Um, I call myself basic. I know people say, oh, that's not a good term to say, but. I don't know what else to say. Like, I don't know however, however else to explain it. Like, I think I'm basic. I think I'm basic in a good way. Like, I'm just a chill dude, a simple dude. You don't, you know, I don't need a lot to be happy. I'm going to be happy with the company I have and with what I have. Um, what I have material, material wise, like, I'm, I don't got to have more than what I can afford. So that's, that's, yeah, that's what I, that's the type of woman that would fit my personality. Next question is, do you see yourself moving out of Titusville? Um, I'm going to say no. I don't, I don't see myself moving out of Titusville. Like, if I get married and I find the right person and I have to, or they want to move to, like, a different city or they want to move to Orlando and buy a house there, you know, if, if I'm making the commitment to get married, then yes, I will do that. But as a single man, I don't see myself moving out of Titusville. I actually love living in Titusville. It's very, very calm, very quiet. It's a very um, chill, chill area. It's a different type of place. It's not for everybody. Uh, everything here shuts down at like 10 p.m. So it's, it's just not if you're looking for like the Orlando nightlife, it's not for you. But if you want to get away from Orlando in the hectic life in Orlando, it's the perfect place for you. There's not many places this close to Orlando because you can get to East Orlando in 30 minutes from here. So there's not many places that are this close to Orlando that fit that type of uh, image that you're looking for, that type of place where it's going to be quiet, but you can still get to Orlando if you need to. Um, you can go west 
to like the Claremont area, but I just feel like it's getting very overcrowded out there. A lot of people were moving out there. They're building like crazy. Titusville, there's still room to build, but it's not like Claremont where there's so much room to build. Like there's a little room to build here. They could put some more neighborhoods here, but it's, it's probably not going to get too wild as far as population. I think the last census had the population here at like 40,000 people. So maybe it could get to 50. I just I don't see Titusville growing like substantially. So I feel like it's always going to be kind of a small type of town. It's not like super small either. Like I've been to some small, small towns. This is still a pretty, uh, pretty good size city. You know, you got Walmart, you got Target, you got all of the places you need to like shop. Um, there's no Chick Fil A, so that that sucks. There's no, like, TGI Fridays, but like I said, everything here shuts down at, like, 10. So if you were expecting that, you weren't going to get that. But, you know, if you want to get away from Orlando, which a lot of people do, it's a good place to come to. I love living here. I think I will stay here for the foreseeable future. Uh, if I ever get married, like I said, I'll move. Another thing I might do is uh, if I ever come across some more money, and I'm able to get a second home, I would get a second home, but I would still keep my house in Titusville just so I could have a place to come and relax in, like, the uh, summertime. Yeah, I would try to have a place that I could come to in the summer and just enjoy my time here, so. But I would also, you know, I'd also like to have a second home somewhere. Maybe a condo next time just because I don't know if I want to get another house to where I got to do all the yard work and taking care of all the, the stuff that comes with the house. So maybe I would just keep it a little bit more simple. The next one condo, even though you got HOA fees. Um, but yeah, to answer the question, I do not see myself moving out of Titusville unless I get married. Next question is considering your many travels in the U S if you could live anywhere, where would you move and why? All right, so I'm going to name I'm going to name a few places on this because I've been a lot of places. So number 1, I would probably say Portland. Portland is super high on my list of places to live. I love the Pacific Northwest. I just love the whole vibe out there. Uh Portland's a dope place because it's the one place I've probably been to where no nobody stands out. Like, you can be as weird as you want in Portland, and you will not stand out. Everybody there is weird. It's just a unique place. Uh, you feel kind of a freedom there to be yourself. And the weather, it rains a lot in the fall, in the spring. I think it snows in the winter. But the summer in Portland is beautiful. Like, it is 70s all day. Well, not all day. During the day, it's like in the 70s, maybe the 80s. And it's sunny every day. Uh, at night, it it gets cold. It's probably in the 50s in the summer there. So that part sucks. But if you can get used to that, I would say Portland is probably my favorite place. And I'm probably going to go back there next year to visit again. Just because I, I love going to Portland, man. I've been there twice. One of my favorite places. And if not Portland, somewhere in the Pacific Northwest. I like Washington State, too. Uh, Olympia, Washington was very beautiful. 
Um, Seattle's dope, but I think Seattle's probably too big of a city for me. Vancouver, Washington was nice. So probably somewhere over there. Um, Hawaii's another place. I've been to Hawaii for work. Spent two and a half weeks out there. And I'll tell you, Hawaii is the one place where the minute you get there, you'll say to yourself, yo, if I never get to go back to my house or if I have to stay here forever, I'm okay with that. Like, it's that dope of a place to where you will not want to go back, bro. You will not want to come back to the U.S. Well, that is the U.S., but you'll never want to come back to the mainland once you go to Hawaii. Um, Michigan, too. Michigan's a dark horse. Michigan's a beautiful place, man. Uh, I loved it up there. Lapeer was nice. Port Huron was cool. All the suburbs of Detroit were dope. Uh, Michigan, yeah, if I could find a nice little spot in Michigan. I've never been to Traverse City. I heard that's a nice spot, nice city in Michigan too. But I would say pretty much anywhere in Michigan. Um, what was the other spot in Michigan on the on the western side? Not Kalamazoo. Um, Grand Rapids. Grand Rapids was a nice spot in Michigan too, man. That was that was a dope city. A lot of breweries out there. A lot of breweries in Grand Rapids. Enjoyed my time there. So pretty much any small small city in Michigan, I would be okay with. And then I would say my my last place, Johnson Johnson City, Tennessee, probably one of my favorite places too. Just because of the views, man. Like so many mountains and hills you can get in the background. Uh, and you're from your backyard. You got nice views. Another small city next to uh, Bristol, Bristol, Tennessee, and Bristol, Virginia. But, yeah, Johnson City, super dope, super underrated. Um, you know, you can't go wrong with Pennsylvania either. So I would say Philly. Philly's always on my list. Much love to them. Can't go wrong with Philly. Uh, I feel like I need to give y'all a southern city. All right, let me give you, let me give you one more. No, actually, I'm gonna give you two more. I'm gonna give you two more because I'm looking at my map right now. All right, so I'm gonna give you two southern cities. So one, I will say, uh, North Augusta. So North Augusta is not Augusta. There's Augusta, Georgia, and then there's North Augusta, which is across the river from Augusta, Georgia, and that's in South Carolina. To me, North Augusta, man, there was they were building some really nice houses out there. And I don't know. I love the vibe in North Augusta. Um, I'll throw Aiken, South Carolina in there, too, while I'm at it. Aiken was pretty dope. You know, South Carolina had a, a few cities that I liked. Actually, all of these cities I'm about to name are South Carolina. So you had North Augusta. You got Aiken. There's a small city in South Carolina, Man, actually, I'm, about to, I'm naming some gems now. All right, so there's a city called Clinton, South Carolina, like Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton. Clinton, South Carolina was really nice, too. I liked Clinton, South Carolina. Uh, very small, very, very small town. Um, There was one more I liked. Was it Lawrence? I think it's Lawrence. No, it's not Lawrence. I think it's Lawrence. Yeah, it might have been Lawrence, South Carolina. I think it was. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. Ware Shoals. 
Where Shoals is a pretty cool, like if you really want to go small, small town, but with some nice views, uh, Where Shoals was dope. Was, was Calhoun Falls in there? I think Calhoun Falls was in there too. Yo, this I've been a lot of places. Um, I feel like I got to give y'all one in North Carolina because I've just given you so many in South Carolina. You know, I always liked the vibe in Charlotte. Charlotte was a city I hated in the beginning. I hated Charlotte in the beginning, but I ended up loving Charlotte towards the end of traveling. So I would say Charlotte, um, Boone, North Carolina. Boone is close to Johnson City, and that's where Appalachian State is. Boone is another dope city. I posted a picture of the football field in Appalachian State last week on my Facebook. So I would say those, those over there. And I think I'm going to end it there. I think I'm going to end it there. I don't really have, I don't think I have another strong city to give you guys. Um, yeah, I gave you, you know, Titusville in Florida. So, yeah, I'll, I'll end it there. So those cities I named, you can look them up on your maps. You can do some research on those. Some of them are very rural. Some of them aren't. But I think I would be cool if I lived in any of those cities. I'll be all right. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would be able to survive. I wouldn't get too bored. Uh, next question. What revolution do you see coming out of this pandemic? Um, and this is going to be like my opinion, not what I'm seeing on the TV. Uh, the revolution I see, I definitely see Black Lives Matter being pushed to the forefront. That's gaining so much traction. Um, I see... A lot more equality coming out of this. A lot. There's so many people that I think have probably come to their senses when it comes to inequality, and they're saying Black Lives Matter now. So you're seeing so many people who are who are starting to understand what we've been going through, and they're kind of allies now. So I think we'll we'll have a lot more people on our side. Um, we'll probably get some reform out of this, some prison reform. A lot of people will probably go free. A lot of these petty crimes, you know, that people are locked up for, they'll probably be getting out on that. So, yeah, we'll be seeing that. And uh, I would say the church. I think we're going to see the, the churches are going to change quite a bit. I think we're going to probably see a lot of churches that aren't going to make it out of this. And those that do make it, one, are going to have to show that they are more about their their people and, you know, just where the money goes. And I also think they're going to have to show that they care about us from a social, from a social point. Um, let me answer one more, and I'm going to play some more music because I need to drink some water and use the restroom. Do you feel safe as a black man in America? Yes and no. I'm going to say yes and no. I feel safe. Because I know I'm a pretty good talker. So there's probably certain situations that I can probably talk my way out of or de-escalate. But then there's other situations that it don't matter how good of a talker you are. We saw the dude in Central Park who was a bird watcher. The girl, the lady called the cops on him. So 
a lot of times your talking ain't going to get you nowhere. It's about your skin color and you're going to be judged on that. So I would say, yeah, it's 50, 50. Like there's times I feel safe and there's times I don't, there's times I walk into places and get a lot of bad looks and I just feel like I got to be on my P's and Q's. I got to be on point or I can get the cops called on me. And then there's times where I feel like I can deescalate. I can make people feel a little bit more comfortable once I start talking and once they see how nice I can speak, which you should never just think that's a <laughs> amazing thing when a black person s- speaks nice, you know, or speaks good. You should, you should look at me and you should think that all black people are capable of being like this. All black people are capable of talking like this and acting like this. Like that, that needs to be the way people look at us instead of looking at me as an anomaly and thinking I'm like, not like the rest of them. You should think like, when you see somebody not acting right, you should think they're not like the rest of them. I think that's the, the best way for us to get over all this prejudice and race, racism uh, going on in this world. I'm going to answer one more before I play music because it's kind of like about what's, what's going on. So if, if you were president, what issues would you want to address? I'm going to say if I was president... I would, I would, uh, for one, I would probably give reparations. And if I don't give reparations, I'm at least, at the very least, I'm pumping billions, hundreds of billions into black communities, into the schools, into the housing, into the programs to get people off of drugs. Because, you know, I feel like the government put them on drugs, so... I'm probably putting a lot of money into these communities, building the black businesses up. But if I'm not doing that, I'm giving everybody reparations. I ain't talking about no $1,200 either. I'm giving you a nice size check. I don't have a specific amount yet in my mind, but I would probably try to give everybody enough to get out of the hole that we were put in. Yeah, I would do that. Um, I would also address prison reform. A lot of these BS sentences I would let people out on. What is it called? Pardoning? I would be pardoning a lot of people. Uh, rest in peace, Troy Davis. That would have never went down on my watch. He would have he gotten out somehow. I don't know what power I would have had, but I would have did something trying to get him out because he was unfairly killed. Uh, I would take away the death penalty, too, while I'm at it. I'm not a death penalty person. I understand there's crimes where you're going to want somebody put to death but like i tell people when you're for the death penalty you got to be for the death penalty for everybody so like a situation like a troy davis where you where you know that person's innocent if you're for the death penalty you got to be okay with that man dying because he's on death row so for me i'm not willing to give one innocent life just to get a thousand guilty lives so i would get rid of death penalty um I feel like life in jail is is a punishment enough. Me watching you die doesn't give me any satisfaction. I'll probably have PTSD over that anyway, but yeah, I would take away the death penalty. I know I said earlier that I'm not for abortion. Um, I would probably leave that topic alone for now just because I don't really have a great answer on what I would do because I do think there's situations where where abortion is needed. Like if you're raped, if you unwillingly have sex, I don't think you should be forced to have a baby. 
But I also say, like, if you willingly have sex, I don't know if I, I don't really agree with you being able to terminate a pregnancy. And I know the main, the main reason is going to be, it's my body. It's my choice. I understand that. But my response to that would be, you shouldn't be allowed to get an abortion because, all right, let me just say this. If I want to go commit suicide tomorrow, I can't go to a doctor and have him kill me. Even though if I decide that I don't want to live on this earth anymore and it's my body and I can do it what I want, I, I can't go to a doctor to have that done because there's just certain things that we have to do to protect people from themselves. Now, of course, there's going to be people who commit suicide on their own. And I guess that's the same argument you hear about abortion. Like, there's going to be people who do it on their own. That's, you know, that, that's going to happen probably, but... I would, you know, if it's under my watch, I would, I would rather it not happen under a, in a facility. But I'll, I'm gonna take it a step further. I'm a, I, if 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 abortion is gonna be legal, why why can't suicide be legal? Why? That's that's what I would ask. Because you got people who are suffering, like dying of cancer and all types of illnesses. And we won't let them go, you know, even though they want to go peacefully. And at that point, like, is God really punishing you if you choose not to stay here on the earth and keep fighting? I don't know, man. It's, it's a tricky subject. It's a slippery slope. And that's kind of why I don't really, I probably wouldn't have legislation on it, but I'm just giving you my, my opinion. I probably wouldn't put any legislation on it, though, because it's just, a, it's a lot, man. It's a lot. And I think the way I, the way my views are, I don't think I would get voted in being a feminist <laughs> who is pro-life. You know, I don't think you could be both and have people rock with you. One side is going to be mad at you. But yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've been thinking about that for a while too, where it's like kind of in the same way where we were, where parents will tell you to have kids, you know, but they're thinking about themselves like, oh, when are you going to give me grandkids? But it's for their gratification, for their satisfaction, where when we want somebody to stay alive and we know they're suffering, it's, it's not for them. It's for us. It's for our gratification. It's to make us feel better. And it's for our satisfaction. And I've always thought about that, man. I've always had a problem with that. Like, cause I just feel like we're being greedy. We're being greedy in that, in that instance. So. I don't know, man. It's it's a, it's a slippery slope, the whole uh, abortion thing. So as a president, I probably would leave that one alone. So I said reparations. I said prison reform. Uh, I would put more money into the schools. I would probably stop giving these churches all this money, even though I, I love church. I go to church virtually. But I feel like churches get a lot of breaks already. And I just saw something today about PP. PPP or whatever that loan is that a lot of churches got. So I'll probably put an end to all the reckless spending. Me being like a big budget guy and knowing what to do with money. I would probably just try to get the budget under control, but also give help to those that need it. Like a lot of these schools in inner cities, make sure they get the funding they need. Make sure these neighbors get the funding, bring back a lot of these uh, boys and girls clubs and event centers, after school centers for people. So I would do stuff like that. 
Um, all the other stuff. Oh, and then, you know, the social civil rights issues. I would, I would definitely black lives matter. I would be, we'd have that on the white house hanging on a banner. Um, we would just be doing everything we could to stop the police from killing black people. All you Chicago. What about Chicago people? Um, yeah, I'd be trying to stop gang violence too, but I'm definitely going to focus on the police, the people who are being paid not to kill people. I'd, I'd be focused on them first. And then we'll shift our, our focus to the black neighborhoods and, and try to get them right because, yeah, the black neighborhoods, the black-on-black crime is a thing, man. Like I saw something the other day about a mother who's who lost her daughter in Atlanta, got shot, and they were just driving. So, yeah, I would, I would see what I could do about that. I'd probably have to institute some new legislation, some new laws. Nothing's worked so far, so probably have to get creative with that one. Um. I'm going to play another song now. We'll take a little break. We'll come back with more questions. We are an hour and a half in. Like I said, this is going to be a long episode. But this is Keeping It Real with Jared Lawrence, man. I owe y'all to stay to Jared. So next song I'm playing is uh, Emily Sandy. Free. I'll be back.
That was Emily Sandy Free. Welcome back to Keeping It Real with Jared Lawrence. This is the state of the Jared. You know, I'm doing I'm doing this show a little different today, man. I'm doing it more like a radio show. You know, we're playing some music in between, giving y'all some stuff to listen to, playing some of my favorites at Emily Sandy. I don't even know if y'all are familiar with her. I know my shout out to my cousin Mika. Tamika said that uh I put her on to Emily Sandy. So I'm very happy, you know, like I said, I'm always happy to put people on. Um I might play her to end the show too. Yeah, we'll save we'll we'll save Emily Sandy for uh we'll play one more on the way out. Uh let me get back to these questions. My throat is gonna be gone. Like my voice. I said I said my throat. My voice is gonna be gone tomorrow because I can already feel it, bro. I'm just talking hour and a half in. What other podcast does this? Like, who else do you know goes solo and gives y'all this much content? I did two and a half hours back to or last week, and I'm back with another two plus this week. So many more questions, man. I asked for them. You guys gave them to me. So let's get back to it. The next question is: do you ever Feel pressure to get married and settle down. Um, I spoke on that one a little bit earlier about how I'm just at a point in my life now where it's about doing things to make myself happy and not really doing it to make anybody else like parents or godparents or friends or family. Like I would love to give them that something or for them to see that while they're still on this earth. But I've also come to the realization that it might not happen. And if it doesn't, that's okay too. Like I got to live my life. This is, this is life. This is my life. Everybody has their own life to live. You know, my mom had her life to live. My dad had his life. Like we all have our own lives. So it's like, you can't get too caught up in what you want somebody to do with their life. All you could do is make what makes you happy in your life. So I don't feel any pressure. I hear it, but I kind of tune it out. I've made it clear at this point that, hey, if I get married, it happens. If it doesn't, bro, I'm happy too. Like this world, that's another thing, man. This world is so crazy right now. All this stuff going on. I don't even know if I want to bring a baby into this world and, you know, salute to those who are doing it. But me personally, I would I'd be terrified to bring a child into this world. And I know that at some point I'm leaving this world and I'm leaving them here in this madness, you know, I already feel like the world is getting worse by the day. So by not having a kid or bringing a, a kid into this, it might be the better thing to do. I know CeeLo back in the day, man, Goody Mob had a song called I, I Didn't Ask to Come. And uh, CeeLo at the end in his verse said, ain't, ain't no use in being sad. Leaving here is the, probably the best gift he ever had. So, yeah, man, sometimes <laughs> leaving this crazy earth might be better than bring, being brought into it, you know? So if I don't have kids, I'm content, man. I've enjoyed my life. I have a very chill life. I do a lot of things that most people can't. Not like saying I'm stunting, but just like the fact I don't have kids. So it's, it just allows me more freedom. And I love it, man. I, I love it. I take advantage of it. I'm enjoying it. So, yeah, I don't. I don't feel bad about not having any kids. I mean, it'd be great to um, to have somebody that you can mold and try to 
shape. But then I think that's another thing I think about sometimes where it's like all these families and parents who try to make their kids a certain way and believe a certain thing. And it's like, do I want to bring a kid in the world and say, oh, you got to be this religion or you, you can't be gay if you think you're gay, you know, and if you think you're transgender, like you can't be that, like ostracizing them for how they believe or their beliefs and how they feel. And then you got to worry about depression and all this stuff when they become teenagers. It's, it's a lot, man. A lot. Shout out to the parents who deal with all that. I don't know if I'm built for that right now. I'm sure if I had a kid, I'd probably have to just get a crash course in it. But right now, I'm not built for that. Next question. Would you ever pay for sex? Um, I'm going to say yeah. Not only yeah, but I think I have paid for sex before. I think we all have paid for... Well, I think all the guys have paid for sex at some point. Um... I think when you take women out on dates, you're probably paying for sex. If you're going on a date with the intention of trying to have sex later, uh, if, you, if you're like Netflixing and chilling, if you think you're going to go on a date and then go back to their place and chill, you're paying for sex because you're paying for the, the build up, the lead up to it. So I think I have paid for sex. Now, have I just directly like paid a prostitute for sex? No. Would I? Um, you know, this is this is another one where it kind of comes back to me and my feminism. I'm not against sex work. I'm not against sex work. I don't think it's a bad thing. Now, mentally, yeah, it might be doing some stuff to your head, but if we can let women strip and do all this degrading stuff, I don't know why we can't let them have sex for money when they're just doing it anyway, probably in the back of the strip clubs or only fans and all these other sites where you can kind of indirectly do it and might as well just let them go out and do it, man. And from a man's perspective, I think the reason I would say I would pay for sex or that you should be able to is sometimes you just want to have sex and you just want to go about your business. And if you pay for it, that's pretty much what it is. If you're, if you're with somebody and you have sex, sometimes you got to cuddle afterwards. You got to do all this other stuff. And, if you're, I know my guys feel me on this. Like, you ain't up for all that all the time. Sometimes you just want to roll over and go to sleep. You pay for sex, you could do that. It's a lot more simpler. <laughs> it's a lot more simple if you pay for sex. I'll say that. I don't know what the prices would be, though. I think that's the most important thing. How much do I have to pay? If it's if it's 100 I don't know if I'm paying 100 Uh, I would have to think what a date would cost. And you might pay 100 on a date. I've done that before. I would say an average date is at least 60 So I'd probably put the price of sex at what you would pay for an average date. I don't know. Some women might say I'm going too low with 60 I would say 60 though. This is, what my, this is what my prices would be. Not mine, but like what I think the prices should be. I would say between 60 and 70 for sex. I wouldn't go higher than that. Uh, head, I'd probably cut that in half. So about... 30, 35 for head. A hand job, mm, 10 to 15. 10 to 15 for the hand job. 30, 35 for head, 60 to 70 for sex. Those prices are reasonable. Like, think about it. If it's just a Friday night and you just want to get some action in real quick and then just go about your business, instead of going on a date, you could just pay $70 and have sex and just 
be gone. Now the question is with the 70, do you get the other stuff included? Is the hand job, is the head included? Hmm. I would say that would have to be included. I don't think it's just intercourse. I think you get everything with the 70. It's like the full package. Yeah, yeah, I would say that's included. But think about that, bro. You just want to go somewhere and get a hand job real quick. <laughs> you want to pay a little ten, fifteen dollars on a Friday night. Then you can go home and go to sleep. You ain't got to worry about, oh, you want them to leave at a certain time and trying to kick somebody out. It's a lot simpler, man. It's a lot simpler. And I'm going to say this. I think if it was legal to pay for sex, you would probably have less. Man, I hope this. I don't want this to be taken the wrong way. But I think you would have. Well, I was going to say you you would have less sexual assaults. But then they, the sex workers might get assaulted. So I'm not going to say that because I don't know. I don't know how that would play out. All right, let me let me do some more thinking on this. How about you could pay for sex, but you could only have sex in certain places. Like you can't just call a woman to your house, not like a Uber or like a delivery thing where they just come over and have sex with you. You can't do it at your house. You have to go to a place to do this. So... Maybe like uh, the Bunny Ranch type of thing they have in Las Vegas, like a brothel where you go somewhere where there's security and you can pay for sex in a safe environment. You know, the women have been tested. There's security there in case the guys act up. I think if you had that type of situation, I think crimes like sexual assault and stuff would probably go down. I think it would. I'm not positive, but I think it would help. I think it would help um, if it was controlled. I think if it's in a controlled environment, it would work. So, yeah, I would pay for sex. I would. I would. If, if it was in an environment where I felt safe, I, don't, I think I would. Um, the tricky thing about sex is I'm the type that can't really have sex without kissing. So that's when I start getting in trouble because it's like, do, do I kiss this girl? And I know my friends, I have so many friends who claim they've had sex without kissing somebody. I don't know how that's possible. So I think for me, that's where it gets tricky. It's like, damn, I got to kiss somebody who's done all that. I mean, but I'm not judging that. I guess as a feminist, I can't judge either. I guess as a feminist, I got to kiss you and not judge you. So now I'd probably just have to kiss them. I mean, how many random people have you kissed in a club where you don't know where they, their mouths have been? So I don't see it as any worse kissing somebody like that. So, yeah, as a feminist, I can't judge. I got to kiss you. So I would have sex and I would kiss him. Yeah, I would. Go ahead and judge me. I don't care. Uh, Next question. Have you ever encountered a transgender person? So I'm sure I've seen a transgender person in, in person while I'm out and about. I don't really, not paying too much attention to really know. But on Tinder, I've definitely seen it. Uh, Transgender women on Tinder. I, I have a, I want to get more in depth in that on a later episode about should you have to tell somebody you're transgender? I'm not sure. At this point, I can see both sides of the argument. I can see them saying, well, if you see yourself as a woman, you shouldn't have to tell somebody you're transgender because you see yourself as a woman. But then I can also see the argument, well, if you have to put transgender in front of a woman, you probably should tell them you're a transgender woman. But I think, and I've said this to my friends, this is like my favorite conversation to have 
if a transgender person has to tell you they're transgender. Because I can argue both sides of this. I feel like, though, we're about 10 years away from them not having to tell you, and it's just going to be normal. Maybe 15. But it's going to be normal to where somebody's going to date a transgender woman, and you're not going to even look like you're not even going to think about it. You're just going to be like, oh, that's your girlfriend. Whereas now... There's a lot of scrutiny if you're a guy and you date a transgender woman. You, it's, it's a lot, man. Depending on who you talk to, everybody has different opinions on it. I'm of, the, I'm of the belief that love is love. If you love somebody, for me, it's not my business who you love or what you do. But then I've also heard the argument, it is my business because I have to be an ally. So I'm, I'm for somebody if they want to date a transgender uh, woman or if, you, if you're a woman and want to date a transgender man. I'm all for it, but I still believe that you have to, you should tell somebody that you're transgender for a number of reasons. One safety, like you just don't know how somebody's going to react to that type of news. Um, number two, I would probably say, because if you can't have kids, that's a big thing to say. Like, Hey, I'm a transgender woman. I I'm not going to be able to have kids. Like somebody might not want to continue with you because of that. And, I don't think it's wrong to have a preference either just to say, hey, I prefer, um, I think it's cis, cisgender women. That's if you were born a woman. I don't think it's wrong to say that either because everybody has preferences. Like I go on Tinder. You know how many of these women on here say they won't even date somebody who's under six feet? So if you saying that, but I can't have a preference to date a cisgender woman, like is, you know, I don't think it's wrong to have a preference. Now, sometimes I think people's preferences are ignorant. Like when you're like, oh, I only like white guys or I only like white girls like or light-skinned women. I think that type of stuff is ignorant. But then I could see a transgender person saying, why is that ignorant? But me not wanting to date me is not. Like I could just see so many different sides of the argument, man. And it's, it's one that I can have for like hours because I can argue every side of that and I understand every side. But I would say at this point, we're probably not there yet where you don't have to reveal that you are transgender. Um, we're getting there just like, you know, they weren't uh, there for gay marriage in the nineties and now we're there. So the way the world is going, I, I think it will be normal soon, whether you agree with it or not is just something that's going to happen. But I also think there should be a category like, it should be a category that says transgender woman on a dating app. Because if you're known as if like if, if you're known as trans a transgender woman, that's what it should be on the the dating app. Like you shouldn't just be trans a transgender woman and then on the dating app you're a woman. I understand you view yourself as a woman, but if if that's how we're going to do it, just take transgender off. Take it off and then it's just woman. Like we got to have consistency in how we say it. That's all I'm saying. I would just like some consistency. Um, I know there's a reason they don't just say woman. I understand. But we need consistency either way. Uh, to answer your question, I've, I've only encountered uh, transgender women on dating sites knowingly. Like in person, I don't really, it's not like I'm going to a place and I know they're, there's going to be transgender women there. Like if I see somebody in public, I see them, but on a dating app. Yeah. I've seen transgender women and I've seen some that 
if they didn't tell me they were transgender, I would have thought they were regular women. That's how good some of them are, like, looking to, like, to pull it off. Or not pull it off. I, I, I don't want to sound inconsiderate, but I'm just, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's how much they look like a woman, even though they are considered a woman, but they call themselves a transgender woman, so I'm just saying. That's how much they look like a cisgender woman. I guess that's the, the correct way to say it. So, yeah, man. It, and I'll, let me just say this, because I've said this to my friends. I think I have friends out there. Somebody's unknowingly probably made out with a transgender woman because like we've been out at clubs and bars. It's just, you don't know all the time and y'all be kissing random people, man. Like I know I said, if I have, if I pay for sex, I'm probably gonna kiss that woman. But a lot of my friends be in these clubs, bro. You just be making out with whoever. So I am positive. Like one of my friends, I mean, of course I don't know. I don't know who it would be, but I just know we all probably have a friend who's probably kissed a transgender woman or a transgender man. It's just probably happened. We don't know. A lot of y'all too aggressive in these clubs, just rubbing up on people, not really trying to talk. So I think in that instance, if you are coming on to, to them, they don't have to tell you anything because you all aggressive. Slow your ass down. All right, get to know them. Next question. Would you ever adopt a child if you don't end up getting married and knocking someone up? So I think, like I said before, I could either get married and have kids or I could just accidentally have a kid with somebody I'm not married to. If either of those situations don't happen, I am open to adoption. Like at the end of the day, for me, it's like I said, it's about trying to mold somebody. It's about trying to trying to give somebody probably a better life than they have at the moment, especially if you're in foster care. So I think if I get a little older, I might even get in a relationship with somebody and we both decide like we don't want to have a kid, but we want to adopt. And maybe we adopt a, a child that's a newborn or maybe adopt a child that's been potty trained. I think for me, I would rather adopt a child that I can watch grow and just be there for them their whole life. So probably from newborn up to like five or seven would be ideal. I, I, don't, I wouldn't want to adopt a teenager. I think it's too much. It's a lot trying to change ways and habits. Um, that one will be tough. Uh, I've, I've seen it. It's, it's tough, man. It's tough to do. So I'm open to adoption. Even if I'm a single parent, I think they let single parents adopt now. So maybe in like five or 10 years, if I'm still single, maybe I adopt me uh, like a, a one-year-old or something, you know, just raise them. Man. Like, and I'm the type of person I love everybody so if i adopt the kid man i'm raising them like they came out of my wife's you know vagina like i'm raising them like they're mine you're gonna you're gonna feel love you're gonna know that you're loved your whole life you're gonna know that you're in a stable household with love and support and i'm just always gonna be there for you but i don't i mean i'm still unsure if, if i want to i'm open to it but i'm not gonna say for sure i'm going to do it uh, well, next question is going to be, if a friend came up to you and asked you for your sperm because she wanted a child and thought you had a good, and thought you had good genes, would you give it to her? No obligation to the child, or would you want to be a part of this child's life, of the child's life? That's a good question. Um, 
All right, man. This is a this kind of ties into the other one about having kids, but if it's somebody I'm super close with, I would probably do it. Just knowing that the environment they're gonna get, they're going the child's going into, probably do it. Now the question is, do we have to have sex for this to happen? Or do I just go to the the sperm was it the, the doctor, the sperm doctor? Do I just go there and be the donor? Where I have to like jack off or do I get to have sex? Because <laughs> if I get to have sex, that, that might be a different story. It might be a different story. Um, but if I don't, if I just got to do it, I might still do it. But then if it's a friend, if it's a friend, I would probably do it. If I don't know you, no. Because I remember in college when I was broke, I was trying to make money. And I remember going to the sperm donor place one time and just thinking, yo, I'm going to just jack off into a cup and I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to give, give them the sperm or whatever. And I'm going to make like a few hundred dollars or whatever they were paying. And I went there the first time they explained it all to me. And I was like, I sounded like real into it in the beginning. But then when you realize that you're giving so much sperm out that you could have like hundreds of kids running around the earth. And that's when it's like, um, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know if I'm really about that. And then, like, I guess the kids are allowed to find out your name later on. It, it was a lot, and I had to kind of back out of that one. I was like, nah, I'm not about that life. So, in this one, if I don't have the obligation to be part of the child's life, I would, I would probably still want to be in the child's life just because I know I have a child out there. Like, that's just. It would be weird for me to just give you a child and not acknowledge it ever. So I would probably want to be involved in the child's life in some capacity. And if I'm going to get you pregnant. Can we just, can I have sex? I don't know. I don't know if I'm wrong to ask that, but you're taking my sperm and putting it in you at some point. So I feel like I should be <laughs> able to do it the old fashioned way, depending on the friend. If not, I would still be the nice friend that would just give you the sperm. I'm not a mean person. I would give you the sperm. Uh, my next question I have is, what is your biggest regret in life? All right, so I have a couple. One of my biggest regrets in life, and I think I've spoken on this on the show. One of my biggest regrets in life is never going to summer camp when I was younger. So my younger brother went to Camp Weewa, and my mom used to always ask if I wanted to go. It was probably a few summers I got asked. And I kept saying no every summer because I always wanted to play with my friends over the summer and hang out. And I thought that was like the fun thing to do. And looking back on it, man, that's probably like one of them childhood memories that I'm just like, dang. Bro, I would have I would have enjoyed that because there's so many memories you get from that. It's like the true childhood memory. And then as I got to be older and I was watching like Bug Juice on Nick, not Nick, on Disney Channel. And see how much fun them kids had at summer camp. I was like, dog, I missed out. I should have went to summer camp. So I just always felt guilty that I didn't go. And I always felt like I regretted that. And I was always going to regret that. And that's probably one of my biggest regrets in life. And I would say my other biggest regret, I've probably ended a couple relationships too early. There was probably a couple relationships I had where I didn't see them out. I didn't give it the time to like grow and grow through things. And maybe if I didn't end those early, I would be married now. So I sometimes I think about that, like, dang, I could have been married. 
having that family. But then sometimes I think, okay, maybe it ended for a reason. And if it didn't end, I wouldn't be where I'm at in my life. I wouldn't have a house. I wouldn't be happy. Like, maybe I'll be married, but I wouldn't be unhappy. Maybe I'll be divorced. So sometimes, you know, I play I play it out in my head. And I don't know. I don't have the right answer to it. But I think about all that stuff, man. Not really as a regret. I just look back on what if, what could have been. But then I also know, like, I wouldn't be in the position I am today. So it's give and take, man. You you can't have it all, you know. I I gave that, and then I'm in this position. The next question is going to be, what is the happiest event in your life? All right. I have two events. My first event, I'm going to say when I graduated college. When I graduated from Temple University, not Valencia, because I, I graduated from Valencia, but that was not a big deal to me because I knew I had two years left. So when I graduated from Valencia, it was like, whatever, I still have more to prove. But when I graduated from Temple, that was a big deal to me, one, because um, like all through school, that was like the goal, like go to college, get a, get a degree. Like I always looked towards that. I remember being at Valencia and I would get the little books that the colleges send to you. You could request like the information and they send you little picture books of uh, how the campuses look and stuff. And I would bring those books with me to school in Valencia just as motivation. Like, yo, I'm going to go past this. I'm going to go to a four year college. I'm not done. This is my motivation. I'm going to graduate. So when I finally did it, it was like one of the best feelings ever, man. I gra- I graduated with a 3.39, which was like amazing in itself because I had a rough start at Temple. Like, I failed a class my first semester. I had to retake it. I got a D in another class, which was passing. So I said, like, I'll take it. <laughs> um, and to, to overcome all that and still graduate with a 3.39 was, like, amazing. And for me, the biggest thing about that was just my parents being there to see me graduate and knowing how much that meant to them. Uh, my mom graduated. She has a bachelor's and a master's and a doctorate. But my dad, he just he just graduated high school and then, you know, he went right into work. He went in the military. So he never graduated college. He never went to college, I don't believe. My brothers, I knew from the beginning. I'm like, all right, they are not going to college or they did go, but they're not finishing because they're just never they're not that tight. that are going to finish. I'm more of the like determined. I got something to prove. So for me, it was like I had a chip on my shoulder the whole time. I knew. I had to do this for the family. Even though, like I said, we're having kids and stuff, I don't feel like I owe anybody anything. But for the college one, part of me felt like I did owe my parents that because I knew if it wasn't for me, they were probably never going to get that from their other sons. So I went to college. I finished. Uh, It was a great accomplishment. My parents came for the graduation. They were there. We got, like, uh, pictures and everything. And just to see them, man, see me walk across that stage, especially my dad knowing that, you know, I was living a dream for not just me, but for him. That meant a lot, man. That meant a lot to see them there for that and for them to share that moment with me. That was a big deal. Uh, and then that's another reason why I feel like I don't really owe them kids because I'm like, yo, I gave y'all a college degree. Uh, let one of my other brothers give y'all the kids, man. I can't do it all. I can only do so much. So that was one of the biggest accomplishments. And I'm also say this. The reason that was, like, such a big accomplishment is also just – my whole life story, man, I don't, I don't tell too many people this stuff, but I've just I've had to overcome a lot, like, when it comes to school. 
I remember I almost failed third grade, which is funny now that I think about it. But back then it was crazy. Like I had like two F's, two D's and a C. I should have failed. I don't know how I didn't. Well, I know how I didn't, but I should have failed. And I believe the only reason I didn't fail is because like my mom and dad probably talked to the, the administrators or whatever. And they were able to work out something where for the fourth grade year, I had to go to this other school for like half the year. It was kind of like the D league of elementary schools. So I had to go to the D league. <laughs> I was at Ventura elementary in Kissimmee and I had to go to this school called Cypress elementary for half the year. And I had to go there. I was in this program with like all these bad kids with behavioral problems and parent issues and all types of like just the bad kids. And I had to pass this class and they're like, if you pass that, all right, you can get it back into fourth grade. So half the year I'm riding my bike to Ventura. I'm catching a bus to this other school, Cyprus. And then I'm there with these bad kids in this class, knowing like I'm, I hate to say it, but I'm, I felt like I was too smart for the class. And I knew I didn't belong there, but I, you know, I had almost failed third grade, which I still don't think that was my fault. I just think I had a racist teacher, but yeah, man, I had to spend like, half the year in this class with these kids that I didn't know. I wasn't with my friends that I, I was really cool with. It was wild, like, the school. And then I would take the bus back, ride my bike back home after their school let out. And I'm getting home at, like, 4 or 5 o'clock like late <laughs> because I had to do all this extra stuff, but I had to work my way back into the other school. And I did. And, you know, I, I breezed through the class because I was smart. <laughs> I always knew I was smart, but. It was just something where I had to prove. I felt like I always had to prove it to myself because maybe the grades didn't show it. So I've always had like that chip on my shoulder and I've always remembered that where it's like, yo, look where, how far you've come, but look where, you know, people didn't believe in you and you had to go back and work your way out. So I always use that as motivation throughout my life. Uh, Another thing was 12th grade, 12th grade. I had the goal of making the honor roll the whole year and I got, I, I told myself I wasn't going to get a C all year in 12th grade. And then starting out the semester, the year, because we had the block schedule, so you get new teachers after Christmas. Um, I'm, I'm in the English class, and I'm struggling. And the teacher's like, oh, the best you're going to do in this class right now is, is going to be a C. Like, you're not going to be able to get a better grade because you're so far behind. And I, I gambled on myself. I bet on myself like I've done my whole life. I told the teacher, well, I guess I'm just not going to pass this class. I think I guess I got to retake it. He's like, we're looking at me like I'm crazy. Like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, bro, I need a B or higher. That's my goal for the year. So I failed that class on purpose. I stopped going, stopped doing my work. I failed it on purpose, knowing I would get another shot to retake the English class after December with a different teacher. So I, I got to retake it in January, ended up getting an A, made A's and B's my whole year, my whole senior year. Accomplished another goal that I had set. So that's just the type of person I am, man. When it, when I set a goal, I usually accomplish it. I always have, like, motivation. That's why I tell people, I'm like, yo, I don't need motivation. I wake up motivated. So finishing college, man, it was just another thing that I had to do. Uh, I'm sure if I, got, if I wanted to be motivated to get married, I could probably do it. But that's just not a motivation right now. Having kids is not a motivation. Whenever it becomes one, maybe it'll happen. But... I'm not forcing it. I don't want to force anybody into my life. I want things to happen as they do. Um, my other happy event would be when I bought my house. I bought my house in 2015. I was telling my friends since 2012, like, 
I'm going to move to Titusville. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Like, I'm going to save up. I'm going to put this on my down payment. Like, I was just basically telling them my whole plan of what I was going to do. Uh, I think they took me serious, but they probably didn't understand the whole plan on how I was going to do what I was going to do and how it was going to benefit me. I don't think they understood that part. I think they knew I was going to do it, but they didn't know the benefits it was going to have. So when I bought my house, this was another thing where it's like I did it all on my own. Like I went and looked at houses by myself with the realtor. I didn't bring no friends with me. I didn't bring my parents with me. It was something I wanted to do on my own because I feel like if you bring people with you, you start getting their opinions on things. And I didn't want nobody's opinion. I wanted to buy my own house that I like. I didn't want nobody to sway me one way or the other. Uh, I trusted the process. I trusted my realtor. And she she was really good, man. She guided me. She told me, like, what houses to stay away from. She taught, she put me on a lot of game. Taught me a lot. And just that was such a big thing for me because I had always, I never literally lived on my own. I lived with my mom most of my life. I lived away from home a few times with college and then a little bit in 2011, 2012. But I had never really knew how to pay my own bills, set up bills, utilities, all this, like property tax. Like I didn't know all the intricacies of, of owning a home. So when I bought a house and got thrown into the fire and just had to be, become an adult real quick, it was scary, but it was also dope, man. It was just a dope feeling to get that done and accomplish that on my own with nobody's help. I didn't have to borrow any money from my dad, my mom. You know, it was just all me. That's why it was such a big accomplishment. I did it 100% on my own. And I'm such a big proponent of that, like independence and all that. Like this podcast is independent. Like I said, I do this on my own. I don't have anybody backing me. I don't do commercials for anybody. Everything I do is me. I edit everything. I play my own, the music I want to play. Um, I run the soundboard. I put it up. Like I just do everything. I'm a very hands-on person. So that was the same way when I bought a house. All right, we're getting towards the end here. I have about six more questions. So let's do this, and then we're going to wrap it up. What to, What are some of, well, oh, let me rewind. What are some things that you like to do to relax? I would say I like doing this podcast to relax, but I don't know if I call this relaxing because I'd be nervous before I record it every time just because I don't know what I'm going to say. I'll have ideas, but I get very nervous. And then once I do it, I feel great. So I'll probably be relaxed after this. But some things I like to do to relax, I love watching TV. I watch a lot of YouTube, um, some Netflix, a lot of reality shows, a lot of sports talk, regular talk, wrestling podcasts. I love listening to podcasts. Um, I like to cook. I like to play basketball. I like to work out, walk. I like to read a lot, too. I need to get better. That's probably something I should have added before what I need to do more. I need to read more books. Right now, I just read a lot of articles on my phone. But, you know, I, I do a lot of stuff that's just laid back. When I'm home, it's all laid back. I think that's a big reason why it's going to be hard for me to ever get married, just because I don't want to have to entertain all the time. I like to just be home by myself and chilling and relaxed. And I feel like when I have people over here, I got to entertain all the time and I got to be like the life of the party. And there's a certain uh, expectation of how I got to be energy-wise, and I can't always give you that. So I don't like the pressure of having to perform all the time in the bed and outside the bed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next question. 
what type of music do you like? So I like mainly hip hop and R&B. As you can see when you listen or as you can hear when you listen to my show, I listen to a lot of Mac Miller. He was like one of my favorite artists, probably one of my top five favorite artists. And when I say top five, it's not like the biggie Jay-Z. Now it's like, I'm not giving you the generic who I think is the best rappers of all time. Just give me the rappers I like to listen to. So Mac Miller is one of my favorites. Big Crit is one of my favorites. Joe Budden is one of my favorites. Um, Emily Sandy. Goody Mob. That's five right there. But I'll throw Outkast in there. I love Drake. I don't know who else. There's probably, I mean, I love listening to pretty much everything. But hip-hop and R&B is like my favorites. I can do some soft rock. I'm really into the soft rock. I love the uh, what, the Black Crows. That's one of my favorites. Um, when it comes to anything, I don't really care for country too much, but there's a few songs I like. Um, rock. Soft rock is probably as far as I can go with that. And I don't know what else there is. Alternative, yeah. Caribbean music, yeah, reggae. I'm, I'm not great with reggae, man. I, I can do it at times. I'm not always in the mood for it. I'm probably more into soca than I am with reggae, but both are really not my cup of tea. I always wonder, like, if I get married to a Caribbean woman how the reception is going to be because I want to have full control over the music and I might have to give up all control of the music if I marry a Caribbean woman, which I don't know if I could do, man. I don't know. I, I need, I need my hip hop, my R and B. That's like my main stuff. I like to listen to Uh gospel too. I've been listening to a lot more gospel lately. It's just very inspirational. So yeah, those are the musics I like the types of music I like to listen to. Um, what is your favorite type of food? All right. This is a tough one because I like everything. Like anybody who sees me eat online, like the stuff I post, you literally see it all. So I would say if I had to pick one, I would probably say, dang, man. All right, man. Look, it's probably going to be depending on the day. It's probably depending on the day. But anywhere from Italian to Mexican to soul food. I would say those three, Italian, Mexican, and soul food, probably my favorite three. And depending on the day, I might be in the mood for one or the other. But I really love Italian food. Shout out to my Italian people. Um, Breadsticks is like one of my favorite things to go with the dish. But spaghetti and meat sauce is like one of my favorites, bro. I'm super basic. Uh, ZD. I like Alfredo too. You know, I'm probably lactose intolerant, but love Alfredo. And Mexican food, bro, burritos with the rice and beans in it, the pico, some guacamole, uh, lettuce and tomatoes. Like, you can't go wrong with that. And soul food, of course. You know, fried chicken, macaroni, cheese, collard greens, some of the basics, cornbread. I just, I feel like we eat soul food so much, though. Just because it's like all the black functions, but I still love it. Ribs, all that, man. But yeah, you know what's funny about black people? <laughs> I don't know why we do this, but we eat spaghetti as a side dish. I, I heard Puerto Ricans do it too. Uh, Italians are probably looking at us in disgust right now, but 
Yeah, we love we love spaghetti as like a side dish. So you could really count spaghetti in that in the soul food category. But I'm not gonna do that to y'all. I'm gonna say Italian food is its own category. And those are my three that I love the most. I would say Chinese food too, but yeah, they probably fourth. I, I can't put them above any of those three. All right. If you could share wisdom, what would you share for the young people? Hmm. That's that's a good one. I think I've given a lot of wisdom on this episode, but if if, if I had to share some more, I would say save your money. Don't worry about what other people think about you. Like, do what makes you happy. Don't do what makes other people happy. Don't be afraid to stand out. Like, don't be afraid to be yourself. I think that's the biggest thing I would probably tell a young person because I feel like young people are always trying to fit in and they're always doing things that they think might appease others. So identity crisis is probably one of the biggest things they deal with. So I would just say, don't be afraid to be yourself, man. But don't worry about like being fashionable and having the hottest stuff and trying to fit in. Just, just worry about being you, man. Like have faith in your personality, have confidence in yourself. All these girls that diss you when you're younger, they're not going to look as good when you get older. So don't worry about that. Just the same way as, as the women, as the girls, like the the boys who diss you when you're younger are going to be trying to holler at you later. It all comes back, man. It all comes back full circle. Like the ones you don't pay attention to when you're younger are the ones you're going to be wanting. But I also tell them just treat everybody nicely, man. Treat everybody nice because you never know. Like these people remember stuff. People hold grudges. People remember how you treated them when they were younger. Uh, I've had so many people who have told me like, oh, you said this back then. And I'm just like, whoa, I don't even remember. But You'd be surprised the stuff that sticks with people. So just watch how you talk to people and just be be nice, man. Be caring. Be more understanding. I think these younger people are probably seeing that now with a lot of anti-bullying. Uh, don't bully anybody because you never know what somebody's going through. I also say that. You just never know. Like You might make fun of somebody for the clothes they're wearing, not knowing like their parents don't have the money to buy them new stuff, and they've just been made fun of their whole life, and mentally they're fragile. And at some point, you just might set them over the edge, man. And, and a lot of people commit suicide because of bullying. So I would just probably say don't don't be mean to people. Like, just be nice. Try to be uplifting. It's not popular to be the person who's who's always looking out for people. But if I could go back, that's probably one thing I would do different. I would probably be more of an ally to a lot of these people that were made fun of him in high school instead of being the one that was laughing along with my friends because who knows how that shaped people's lives. But also just being smart with your money. Don't worry about all these name brands. It's not as important as you think. When you get older, you're not going to remember any of this stuff. Uh, When you're at your lowest points in high school, just try to make it to the next day because when you get older, you're not going to remember a lot of those low points. I mean, you will, but it's not, you're not going to, um, you're not going to, what's the word? Ham, har, you're not going to basically like just sit back and think about it all the time. Like it might pop in your memory sometimes, but you're not going to just sit there like, oh man, I was sad all the time. Always sad. Like there's going to be brighter days 
and you're going to probably forget a lot of the bad stuff that you thought was the end of the world. And I will say one more thing. Just know that the stuff you guys do on video, everybody can see. So when you're doing stupid stuff on video, it's going to be there on the internet forever. And I, I thank God that when I grew up, we didn't have that stuff because there's still so much stuff that I probably would have had on video that would have still been there. So just watch, watch what you're like letting yourself be a part of, man. And don't hang out with the wrong crowd. There's a lot of people I knew back in the day that got heavy into drugs and it completely changed their trajectory in life. Some of them never recovered from it. So if, if you get around that, that type of crowd, just don't be afraid to walk away. Don't be afraid to walk away if you know that's not you. Don't do it just to fit in. Um, yeah, drugs is is crazy, man. Like the effect it has on people, I've just seen so much firsthand, and that's another thing I'm at in this point in my life where I just I'm I'm gonna have to start avoiding certain things where I know it's prevalent, where I know it's at, where where I know people are doing it at. It's just something I'm not trying to be around anymore. Not, not weed, because I understand that you can't really avoid that anymore. But, like, the harder stuff, I just don't want to be around it. So there's certain situations where I know it's going to be there. I'm just going to have to say no. Yeah, I'd love to see my friends, but it's just not worth me being put in that type of situation anymore. So I would tell all the young people that, man, just stay true to yourselves and save your money. Don't worry about having to go to college and get a get a degree in a certain field. Just do what you think you're best in. Like sometimes trade school might be a better option. And saving the money, uh, building your credit is important. And I, I'll say this about building your credit. If you get a credit card, just make sure you like practice paying it off. Get a credit card for like maybe a few hundred dollar limit. And just be disciplined in your spending. You know, don't go to the mall ball, balling out. Your limit is like 300. Maybe try to spend 100 a month and make sure you could pay that off. Or if you spend the whole 300, make sure you pay it off because the more you pay it off in full, the higher your credit goes up. And the more you pay that little $15 minimum, not only is your credit score not going to go up, but you're giving the bank free money once again because the interest rates on credit cards are ridiculous. They're like 20%. So. Every time you pay that little 15, just imagine how much of that goes to the bank and you still got to pay it in full at some point. And I'm going to say this about me, man. My bank, my credit card company has never, probably in the last five to six, maybe more than that, they've not gotten a penny off of interest for me because I just pay it off. I'm not giving them extra, like, I'm not giving them free money. That's my whole thing, right? I'm trying to eliminate all the interest that these companies get from me, man, whether it's the mortgage people, the bank, the credit card. Like, if I can avoid giving you the interest, I'm going to do that. So, yeah, they have not gotten any interest from me in years, and I've gotten money from them because I have a dividends card where I earn money. So they probably hate me, and they're probably trying to figure out how to get me off that card, but I'm going to ride it out till, till I can't no more. All right, two more questions left, and then I'm going to bed because it is um, – it is 2.10 right now. And like I said, I need eight hours of sleep, so I need to be sleeping by three. How are you on so many dating apps and still single? Hmm. 
Green is not a creative color. Fuck Trump. That's for my woldies. Okay. Good question. All right. Uh, as I alluded to earlier, one, we have something called COVID-19. So for the last three months or so, people haven't really been wanting to leave their house. You know, we've had this coronavirus going on. Trust me, I've been shooting my shot. I've been trying to get women to hang out, whether it's at my house, in Aldi's parking lot, or anywhere. But they're not trying to leave their house right now. So the fact that I'm not really meeting people in person is not allowing me to progress in meeting them and developing some type of chemistry with them. So that's probably the one thing, the one reason. But then another reason, as I've alluded to earlier, is just I'm at a place right now where I'm not sure if I want a relationship. I'm not sure if I want a relationship or if I just want to be single and, uh, what do they say, dip your toes in or play the field? I don't know what you call it, but I kind of just want to date and uh, not have any commitment at the moment. I feel like I'm going to date. I'm going to build up friendships. If it's physical, it's physical. If it's intimate, whatever. But I'm just taking my time. I think that's the biggest thing. I'm taking my time. If we develop into something, we develop into it. If not, if it's just we're good in the moment, we're good in the moment. But I'm not going into it like, all right, I got a date. I got to get in a relationship soon. Like, nah, that's not, that's not really the goal with me right now. The relationship thing is not the goal. It's just more about being free, living my life, enjoying my life, meeting different people, seeing who's the best fit for me. I'm not, I'm not just jumping at the first person who shows interest, you know? I, I don't know how else to put it. I don't, I don't know what else to say, but, like, I'm on these apps, and a lot of times you're just kind of browsing. It's a lot of browsing right now. I haven't been meeting too many people. Like I said, I've gone on one date. I've hung out with a few women, but I've been on one actual, I don't even know if that's a date. I don't know I'm going to say. I ain't even been on a date. I ain't going to count that as a date. So I've just hung out. So, yeah, I, I think the coronavirus plays a big, a big role right now. And people not really, it's kind of like a musical chairs where we're all walking around, but you should have been in your chair by the time coronavirus happened. Like you should have had your personal lock by the time the virus happened. Those who had somebody that they were serious about were probably able to develop. And then those who didn't were just kind of caught without a chair. And I'm like that. I was caught without a chair. And I'm just chilling right now, man. I'm like, I'm not sure. Like, I'm still trying to figure out if I, if I want to be monogamous, if I want to, you know, see what experience different, different things. Like I'm just, I feel like the rest of this year, the rest of the, maybe the, the next year, the next full year, but definitely the rest of 2020, I feel like I might just be more exploring, man. Just seeing what, what is right for me, what I like, and then maybe going into 2021, focus on one thing, but I don't see that happening for the rest of this year. I don't. Um, last question. Will you be taking the temperature of future prospects on the first date to make sure it's not too high? All right. So when I heard this question, I read it wrong. 
So the way they meant it was like, will I physically be taking somebody's temperature to make sure they don't have coronavirus on a date? Uh, no. Green is not a creative color. No, I'm not doing that. The way I read it was like, are you going to take the temperature? Like, make sure they're down with Black Lives Matter. <laughs> make sure they're an ally and not racist. Like, that's the temperature I'm taking. Like, first date, I'm going to see what you about. Like, do you believe Black Lives Matter? That's the first question. Before the date ends, we got to get that out the way. Because if you're all lives matter, there will be no second date. Yeah. If you say blue lives matter, I'm asking for the check. If you say, what about Chicago? You're Ubering home. So that's the only temperature I'm taking. I just got to know where your mind's at. If you got a racist family, it's a wrap, bro. Like, we ain't... That's another thing. We're not getting off the ground if your family's acting like they're racist, pro-Trump, all this crap. Like, I'm not going to be at every family function dealing with that. That's not good for my mental. That's draining. That's part of the walking away from people. So, yeah, I got to take that temperature on the date. I got to know what you're about. Um, With that being said... Here we are, two hours and 30 minutes again. My voice is almost gone. My throat is struggling. I'm about to go to sleep because I got to rest my voice now because, bro, <laughs> I don't know. How, I don't know if y'all realize how hard it is to sit in front of a microphone and talk nonstop for like two hours. All right, it wasn't nonstop. I played a few songs, but it was pretty much like, non-stop right because i didn't really stop i didn't pause this at all i pretty much played it straight through like a radio show and for me to do this for two and a half hours is tough so i hope y'all enjoyed it uh this was the state of the jared my apologies if i if i forgot to get to anything it's it's all it's a revolving thing though like this is just you know it's my life things can change by the day but i just kind of want to give you guys an update on where i'm at right now what my thought process is, how I'm thinking about things. If you have any more questions, feel free to, to ask me at JLaw Radio on um, Twitter, at Beyond the Glory on Instagram. As always, you can, you can text, you can call. Well, don't call because I'll be working the next five days. And like I said, my voice is probably done for a little bit. I got to rest this voice. It's going to be rough tomorrow. But reach out to me, man. Send me a text. DM on Instagram. Tell me if you was feeling the topics, if you like what I said. If I'm still a feminist, I don't think I am, but if if you guys want to kick me out of feminism, just give me a new term that I can go by because I know I'm not all the way there with y'all on everything. And I hope y'all enjoyed this episode. Like I said, I'm going to leave y'all with, I'm going to leave you with Emily Sandy again. We're going to go with Pharaoh. This is one of my, I keep, I feel like I say that every song is my favorite and it's not, but I do really like this song. That's a Pharaoh. It's Sparrow. I'm sorry. Sparrow by Emily Sandy. This is on her new album. I will probably be back next Tuesday or Wednesday. I don't want to say Tuesday cause it could be Wednesday, but I'm off for on Tuesdays and Wednesdays for like the next few weeks. So 
those are the days I will record. After that, I'm not sure. I'll see what my schedule looks like. I'm working afternoons now. I might have to go back to mornings after this. But these afternoons are dope because I can stay up super late like this and still go to bed and get eight hours of sleep. The mornings are rough because I usually on my off days got to wake up at like 6.30 a.m. But now I don't have to change my sleep pattern. Like I can just sleep however I want as long as I'm up by like 11. So y'all look out for the next episode. I hope this one holds you over. I hope you guys were entertained. And uh, this was the state of the Jared. This is Emily Sandy Sparrow. And um, we'll be back next week. My wings, I think this time I got strength within my heart. I'm gonna sing for all the heroes who fall in. I'm gonna take along the long way home. Yes, I'm gonna take the world, the world by storm. We got magic in our bones, just like the stars. We're gonna shine bright and golden.
Storm. 